Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to a Radiligion Broadcasting premiere podcast. Damn you, Hollywood! Correction, I'm being told. And we're still doing that? That's still a thing? You want me to say what now? No, you cannot do that to my mother. Uh, Sorry. Uh, we are actually an American Whammy production. Damn you, Hollywood! And here's your host, Robert Winfrey. Yay! Yeah, this is always awkward when I'm positioned under you. Cut. Nope, don't do it. <laughs> That's two, Robert. Oh, That's I'm... two. Oh, it's going to get worse. <laughs> Must resist you know what obvious I, you know what I, joke. You know what I like? It took it took this long to get Robert on the sexual innuendo train with me. <laughs> but no. well, welcome aboard, Robert. We... <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what happened. You see, I've no, no. no. Here, here's what happened. I spent yes. years deliberately altering my speech. Yeah. Because I knew you would make terrible jokes. <laughs> okay. Now I've reached the point where my response is, you know what? I know you're not going to do it because you want these videos to be monetized. So now I'm speaking more <laughs> normally and you have to put a bottle on all the terrible, terrible things you want to say. And it amuses me. I do enjoy this face. Yeah. So anyway, speaking of this face, Alexis Hain is here with us. How you doing, Alexis? Doing good. You guys got me for just a little bit of time before I uh, get back to making stuff for this weekend's Fan Expo St. Louis. All right. And joining also us also joining us. Day. Oh, you want to host the show? Ed. Be my guest. <laughs> well, yeah, Ed. <laughs> you sit there and chuckle. <laughs> I'm going to pout. Okay, you pout. <laughs> Thank you. Also joining us this evening uh, from our Canadian office, David Wright is back in action. This He is all over the place this month. You cannot find him anywhere other than here. His wife is about to have a pretty serious issue with him. And we'll then send Mark a strongly worded email, I'm very sure. David, how you doing? I'm doing good. You know, there, there, there's enough of me to go around. Like, you don't have to fight over me. Like, you, you can share. It. It's okay. Have any of I... our spouses actually thrown a fit about uh, how much time we spend on this podcast? I mean, I'm serious. Has anyone had loaded, <laughs> loaded question for me, which I'm not answering on the air. Moving on. <laughs> you, you don't want the answer to that question. <laughs> You know, you really don't, because that's a whole other podcast. Yes, podcast not married, so true. Mm. Yes, spouses and podcast spouses, and how they get along. <laughs> hey, what are we talking tonight about tonight, Robert? <laughs> tonight on Doctor Phil. Doing <laughs> Doctor Phil? Oh crap! I watched the wrong movie. <laughs> in the in the multiverse of divorces. Oh, I could say something so mean. I'm not going to say anything mean about Dr. Phil on this particular 
podcast. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are discussing the latest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and probably the only truly watchable movie that Phase 4 has produced, whatever value you want to give Ooh. that, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, no, sorry, that's not the title. It's WandaVision Part 2 featuring Doctor Strange. No, wait, sorry. The Many Misadventures of Venezuela Chavez. No, wait, that's not it. It is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. See, I, I want to go Dr. back to Strange. what you said before. I know you didn't like Black Widow. I know you didn't like the Eternals. And I know you weren't a fan of Shang-Chi. But are you seriously going to throw Spider-Man No Way Home under the bus? Yes. See, I thought it was called... Yeah, take your nostalgic fans. I'm going to try this one more time. So, keep Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was called Fuckers. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Missed Opportunities. There. It is. It, there is that, uh, Doctor Strange and bad fan service. Doctor Strange Doctor as Strange written by the... Doctor Strange as written by Vince McMahon is what this really is. <laughs> Doctor Strange in the multiverse Alex... of two of two high expectations. So Loki. Should we just start talking about whether or not Sam Raimi wait, should wait, take wait, over? Wait, 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 David said the thing. David said the thing. <laughs> I reiterate, should we just skip the review and start talking about whether or not Sam Raimi should take over as director of the Fantastic Four movie that's coming out now that they've lost Chris Watts? No, no let's, way. let's stay I don't, on I don't topic. Think Look, we only have two hours to talk that. about this, and there's four of us, so please, let's move this on. So, again, my jokes aside about the terrible writing that went into this particular project, this, whatever he's else you allowed want to, to have the, an opinion, Alexis. <laughs> whatever else you want to say about this movie, good, bad, mm -hmm. and otherwise... This is not a good story. This is not a well-written movie. We're, we're going to get there. Hey, before we start, we, before we start the podcast in earnest. Before we I, actually I, go live, how about take two. Let's <laughs> <laughs> start this all over again. I want to talk about um, the only important people that matter, my children. So the movie oh, ends. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, this relates, though. The movie ends, and I turn to my beloved children, and I say to them, okay, so did you like the movie? And they both went, yeah, it was fine. It was okay. You know, I, I enjoyed the jingling keys and the bright colors. I'm like, okay. Um, so I started, I started with Jonas and I said, he cut me off actually. He goes, I can't really get into these Marvel movies anymore. He's fucking eight. Okay. And I'm like, why do you, why can't you get into these movies anymore? He was like, because everyone dies and comes back to life. No one ever stays truly dead. It's hard to <coughs> Uncle Ben. It's hard to get there invested. There's no Uncle Ben in the MCU. It is hard to get invested in these movies when there's no high stakes. It just seems like nothing matters. The eight-year-old wow. picked that up. Thank you. <laughs> okay? The eight-year-old is smarter than most people. Um, and then I, I swear these him. movies are written like comic books. <laughs> <laughs> where would you why. get a half-assed idea like that? I don't know. I asked him, you know, of, of all the... I said, rank the Marvel movies. He said, Shang-Chi was the best. Eternals was the dirt worst. Um, this is just under Shang-Chi. And then um, I think somewhere in there was Black Widow. And I said, okay, did you like this? I said, did you like this more than Morbius? He was like, no, Morbius kicked ass. He gets to say that he's eight. And I'm like, what about... And I said, okay, but what about the, what about the best superhero movie of this year? The Batman. He was like, no, the Batman sucked. I didn't like it. All right. So that's the eight-year-old. The 11-year-old chimes in. And I said, what did you think of this? He's like, you know, first let me say all these Marvel movies are the same. They're all, <laughs> they're all just the same. They're all fine. 
you know, none of them are really different than the others. And I went interesting that the 11 year old has now come to the conclusion as Robert Winfrey. Um, I said, okay, well, rank the movies for me. She was like, well, Black Widow's number one. I'm like, is it because Black Widow's a girl? She said, yes. And I said, okay, your opinion is invalid. Um, so. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, she didn't start supporting this one automatically because of the two moms. No. So I want to begin our discussion with. Well, when but, she, Mar- but she's going to plot for Femthor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, she already did. So, like, I, I'm already, like, dreading that review when it comes out and, you know, and patch reaction and everything because I, I and really, patch reaction being a symbol of the greater reaction of neckbeards throughout the world to, to uh, Femthor. But I'll tell you, she saw Natalie Portman get the uh, Moliner in the, uh, in the trailer and she squeed. She was like, oh, my God. Like, so she's super thrilled because, again, 11-year-old girl. But I, but I, I just, I, this is my only statement. And then, Robert, you can kind of react and then go into the plot synopsis. I feel like when you've lost the elementary school age children in the Marvel universe, you, you you've made some you you've made some errors, and you better write this shit before the whole thing goes off the rails. You know what I mean? It's almost like they're comic books. But again, it, I, you're dismissing what I think are valid criticisms. In fact, but they're valid criticisms made by elementary school children, which means if they picked it up, don't you think the greater majority of people are going to pick this up? And there's there's I... a canary in the coal mine. I think David's point is more look at who the actual demographic for comic book move for comic books is. Mm-hmm. And the more you start making the movies like comic books, the more you're going to skew who's going to enjoy it towards that demographic. And it's not eight year old boys or 11 year old girls. Mm-hmm. What is it? 40 year old men. Yeah. At this point. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right, Robert, it's your show. I'm just, you know, I'm just holding the head. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness picks up with an alternate universe, Doctor Strange and America Chavez, as they run through the space between spaces where they run into the aliens from Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and are being chased by George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, going, But we're going to make a fifth one. <laughs> Sorry, they're being chased by a much less horrifying demon. How long I was about to say, you had a very line. different experience in the sort of this film than I did. Actually, literally just now. I hadn't sat on that at all. I just like, oh, wait, the space between spaces. Oh, quick question. Did anyone see this in 3D? Uh, yes, no. I saw it with my kids in 3D. Okay, because I've been here. I didn't get a chance to see it in 3D, but I've heard that this is a real return. We, we were talking about this before in another podcast about how we haven't seen a lot of movies really pushing 3D because of the streaming and the pandemic mm. and everyone being stuck at home. But I've heard a lot of people saying this movie looks amazing in 3d and it's going to help reignite the interest in seeing movies in 3d my son's comment about it was the one thing he did like about the movie overall was the was the use of the 3d he was like wow this stuff really feels like it's coming at you i really felt immersed in the movie robert plot synopsis go so they are attacked by this demon as they are trying to find the book of the vishanti and they're they don't quite get it, and Doctor Strange decides that the only way to now save the multiverse is to kill America Chavez and take her power, because she randomly, when under emotional stress, really when the plot says so, opens up portals across the multiverse. And with this power, he can fight back, and he tries to take her power from her, and this goes badly because the demon kills him. He then, with his last bit of hope and magic, severs the demon's tentacles that are holding America Chavez, because he's seen this hentai before, as she opens a portal and they all get blasted through it. 
this leads to Doctor Strange back in Earth 616, the prime reality. Uh, he is attending the wedding of Rachel McAdams and her giant fake mole. I don't know who thought that was a good idea. I'll admit, the whole, most of the movie, I was staring at going, it's like, so does Rachel McAdams just need to meet with a dermatologist? Or did someone in the makeup department seriously say that was a good idea? Someone thought that was a good idea. That I do not believe that's natural. That's a real mole. Uh, he's attending her wedding, and in the middle of this, America Chavez starts running through the street. She is chased by a giant octopus monster, which is a sadly wasted opportunity because that thing is based on a Conan monster, believe it or not. That is canon to Marvel because Marvel owns Conan comics. Uh, again, sadly missed opportunity. He's actually an elder god. Uh, there's a fight. Doctor Strange and Wong are able to kill the thing and save America Chavez, who introduces herself. We get our exposition dump. She is being chased across the multiverse by demons sent to her by uh, sent after her by some kind of witchcraft. Doctor Strange then goes to consult the only known, the only witch he knows, that being uh, Wanda Maximoff, and like an idiot, divulges everything. <laughs> All right, in his defense, he thought he was no. talking to a trusted ally. The, 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 no, no, no. There is no defense of this. In context, he was talking in, to he thought he was talking to a trusted ally. In context, he's talking to a crazy person who captured and tortured an entire town of people, and he is aware of this. In context, he does realize quickly that exactly what's going on when she lets it slip that she knows this girl's name. Okay, so it's Wanda all along. Moving it moving on. <laughs> Wait, wait, She's wait. the author. So, Loki. Oh, wait, you want to do that one? Too? Beautiful okay. voice. It was all me, James. It's always been me, the author of all your pain. Yeah. Christoph Waltz is the next Scarlet Witch. I'd pay to see that. As long as they let the man actually act, sure. And, and don't change the costume at all. Well, they already changed it multiple times, but anyway. Uh, she says, no, you will give me America Chavez and her powers, and I will use that to, trans to transport myself to a reality where my fake children exist. And Doctor mm -hmm. Strange says, you're going mm -hmm. to murder someone and then do other, ter and do other terrible things in order to satisfy your desire to meet your imaginary children. And she goes, is that really any different than you giving Thanos the Time Stone and Doctor Strange because he's written to be an idiot? <laughs> does not point out that, no, these two things are not analogous, you damaged, stupid woman. But she's a woman and she feels that way and her feelings are valid. It's also, I... <laughs> it's also pointed out that she's been using the Dark Home, which was yeah. established in WandaVision and Strange confirms, although, yeah, this does kind of come out of nowhere. The more one uses the Dark Home, the further from reality they get. Okay, it's, isn't it Dark Hold? H O L D. Yeah, it's Book of Evil. Either but way, this it's guy, not this quite guy, the Necronomicon, but it's close. Also, this got heavy play in Agents of Shield, where when it was being used, it was driving people crazy. Yeah, but but nobody saw Agents of Shield. I'm just throwing the context out there. Moving on. That, that's true, dude. Andrew, God bless him. When he saw the end of Wandavision, was like, "Hey, how'd the Dark Hold get from wherever Robbie Reyes had it to here?" And I just told him, "No one watched Agents of Shield, so they don't care." <laughs> so, so they stole it out of the prop room. Pretty much. 
so she also there's a line that she says in this confrontation between her and strange that you're not supposed to laugh at but my entire theater did is it the one about um all mothers the, make their children yeah, with, magic. with magic yeah everyone has been i mean on earth has been laughing at that line yeah it's a terrible line and mm -hmm. the writer of this should feel bad <laughs> moving on so she threatens violence if America Chavez isn't handed over. Strange reconvenes with the Sorcerer Supreme, Benedict Wong, whose character is Wong. Uh, they try to fortify uh, Katmandu. Uh, <laughs> Katmandu? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> they try to fortify Kermitage, but Scarlet Witch is our terribly terribly overpowered ill-defined antagonist so she overcomes them she's been overpowered terrifying always. antagonist in the comics oh yeah always. Scarlet, i'm sorry anyone who says he is like oh she's just too op it's like that has always been scarlet witch her powers have always been op yeah, it, it, so, they, so they lose and dr strange and america chavez hop into another universe yep Thank you, Waiting for the videos that analyze that little moment where they fall through multiple universes. I, you, one's animated, one you can clearly see dinosaurs, one they're underwater. There's, yes, they there's ran through entire... one of the Apple. They ran through one of the Apple screensaver deals. Go on, Robert. I'm sure the YouTube ecology will be fostering that very, very quickly. Anyway, they wind up in a different Earth. They abuse Bruce Campbell because it's a <laughs> Sam Raimi movie. Yes, Bruce Campbell's. Good. I mean, look, the fact that it was Bruce Campbell's right hand that attacked him yet again made me really laugh. So I appreciated that. I'm just upset that we won't get Bruce Campbell as the Beyonder. I was we really still, hoping for that. We still might. So they meet Nothing the Illuminati. The multiverse. Yeah, they they show up. They meet Baron Mordo. Uh, it turns out this Doctor Strange in this universe is dead. So they get a bit of the lowdown from Mordo. Mordo says, "I have a MacGuffin for you that will help you out." And here's how you get to the book of the Vishanti. By the way, I've drugged you. Now you get to meet the Illuminati, and this is where the Vince McMahon writing comes in. Oh, you like Zack Ryder, do you? Here's five minutes of him with the IC title, and then he spends eight months being a cuck and a bitch. And I'm not using that as a no, and I'm not using that the way it's usually used. That's literally the story they told. Yeah. Okay, can we use a metaphor for those of us who don't pay attention to wrestling? Sure. You're supposed to like you couldn't X. Get, you couldn't get the context of he used him as a cuck and a bitch. I, it was like self-explanatory. Moving on. <laughs> so they meet the Illuminati, wherein the writing is, oh, you like John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Oh, you want to see the X-Men. Oh, you want to see all these things. Well, here you get three minutes, and then Wanda violently murders all of them. <laughs> You're lucky so-and-so. Now shut up and like what we tell you to like. Damn yep. it. Uh, yeah, they're imprisoned there. Wanda shows up through the magic of dreamwalking. She kills the Illuminati. In some cases, in ways that don't actually make sense. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you're not a fan of what they did with Black Bolt. I'm not, nope. but I'm... That, but more importantly, you killed Captain Marvel by dropping a statue on her, really? I'm surprised she like, was the only one. I'm surprised she was she wasn't the only one that lived, considering it's Captain Marvel and you know the. Well, of, I mean, of, look, of course, Black Bolt and Reed Richards die immediately. Yes, immediately. Like, no, don't even have a fighting chance. At least we were saved from having to deal with Tom Cruise as the superior Iron Man because that was the big. Okay, there was a picture of 
Captain Marvel, very blurry. I think it was a shot from a trailer, and everyone mm-hmm. said, "No, no, that's Iron Man. You can so clearly tell. Wait, are those boobs? Don't you know what boobs look like? That's a black woman. That's a white male." I, I don't want to. I don't want to spend too long on this because I'd like to get to the craft review sometime this year. But I, I have to say, when, you, when you're putting together this movie and you're like, "What do people like?" Um, you know, based on No Way Home and Endgame, people like a lot of fan service. They want to see. You know, they want to see famous actors and famous characters in their movies. Okay, so who are we going to put in this one? Black Captain Marvel that nobody liked. Okay. <laughs> it's like it's a contentious relationship we're currently having with Marvel, I feel. Go ahead, Robert. There, there's a lot of anger in the writer's room over there, yeah. I feel. Like yep. A lot. Yeah, there, there's a so lot of excellence. So Doctor Strange leaves Baron Mordo trapped in a pit. <laughs> yeah, after, after instead of having a wizard's duel, they have a fist fight. And he literally just leaves him in a hole. Yep. <laughs> uh, he and America Chavez are able to escape. They head for the Book of the Vishanti. This does not go well because we can't have the movie end just yet. Scarlet Witch shows up. She grabs and she puppeteers America Chavez to send Doctor Strange and Rachel McAdams, playing a different version of that same character, into a dying universe. While she then shoves America Chavez back into Prime Earth, where her real body has found the has found the um, Temple the prop- of Evil. No, no, it's the prop for Mustafar, where Darth Vader lives. Mm-hmm. I swear, it's the same thing. If you look at that scene from Rogue One, mm. so uh, Loki, same setup. Uh, so she's found that, and she is now relearning how to use the Darkhold because we gave them we gave other people something to do, and they destroyed her copy of it. Yeah, apparently this temple has the original ruins that the Darkholm, Darkhold, I don't know, uh, were inscribed on. Yeah, and can I just say, God, it's runes, people. I I mean, (laughs) the fact that Benedict Wong is going, yes, these are the ruins that were carved in. Like, no, ruins are leftovers. These are runes and inscriptions. What are you? They're runes and ruins, okay? It's easy to mix it up. Okay. The he other probably thing is, was saying it. He was just emphasizing the wrong syllable. Who cares? So Doctor Strange and Rachel McAdams go and they find the Doctor Strange of this universe, which is yeah. the has had it's an incursion where two universes have smashed together. We found out he's gone crazy and evil. Doctor Strange fights evil Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange wins. He grabs the Darkhold copy that they have in that universe, uses it to possess the zombie body of the Doctor Strange that died at the beginning of the movie. Goes finds Wanda takes the the demons that go out of him because he is using dark magic, moves them all together into a cape. They have a big fight. He throws the demons at Wanda. Wanda starts kicking his ass. He realizes that the solution to the problem is to free America Chavez so that she can fight Wanda because her powers are about the same, telling her that she is has been able to control her powers all the t- this time because whenever she jumps dimensions, they jump into exactly the dimension that they needed to go into to progress the plot and get to this point. She, she fights Wanda. People say that uh, she she beats Wanda. No, she does not. They fight to an even standstill. So realizing that the solution is not to beat Wanda, but to open the, the dimension door so she can go and get to her kids. But in doing so, she would have to violently murder their Wanda's mother in front of their eyes. The kids get scared of Wanda. Wanda says, no, you, I'm not a monster. Please don't be afraid. Realizes that, no, this isn't going to work out. Alternate dimension, Wanda says, don't worry. Like I will make sure that the kids are loved. Wanda goes back into the 616 universe. And because, as Terry Pratchett put it, convention is stronger than any laws of physics. The ruins start to crumble. Wanda (laughs) decides to... 
<laughs> the, uh, she will stay there and destroy all traces of the Darkhold in all universes and crumble the tower, preventing this evil from ever getting out. She does so. Doctor Strange goes back to to Cartage, whatever it's called. America Chavez is there as a student now, you know, trying to learn magic and struggling a bit. She says goodbye to Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange says goodbye to her. He he's polite to Wong, get bowing as befits the Sorcerer Supreme, indicating that he has progressed somewhat in his journey, and then goes to goes back to fix fix his life and goes out on the street. We get rock music. He crumbles to the floor, screams, and pops up a third eye in his forehead because that is the price of him using the Book of Evil, whatever it's called. I just forgot. And then after the credits, mid mid credit scene, we get some some Clea. woman wizard Clea. character that Clea. I do not know Clea of yet. Play, Clea, played by Charlize Theron. Thank you, Clea, played by Charlize Theron. Shows up saying, "Hey, we've got another problem: an incursion in the multiverse. Are you going to come? Are you going to chicken out?" Doctor Strange says, "Hell yeah, I'm in." And that's the end of the movie. Save for Bruce Campbell's excellent cameo at the end. So, Robert, what did you think of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? All right, we're well, not going to we're, we're going to go to Robert first. Robert, back <laughs> up. Look, look, the most believable thing about this is Doctor Strange randomly following Charlize Theron into another dimension because she said, "Are you following or are you a chicken?" And how? Hey, hey, we we'd all make the same decision. <laughs> all right, Alexis, go ahead. I, we know you liked it. Yes. No, everyone knows. The whole world knows. Alexis Haina liked the Marvel movie. What did you like about it specifically? What, if anything, didn't work for you? I will admit this is not a perfect Marvel movie. It does have some flaws. The pacing is not that great. I was not a fan of how quickly we suddenly established Wanda as the villain. Now, I do like the idea of Wanda being the villain. I think it's a really great character arc, especially since, as we have established, Wanda has been a severe problem for many heroes in the comic books. I like this. And I do like the idea that, yeah, she is still trying to get back to her kids. But again, it does go a little fast. And unfortunately, this movie also falls into what I admit is my biggest pet peeve mm -hmm. with films in expanded universes you need to do homework i have always said that i can i don't mind movies that are connected to other movies or connected to tv shows as long as you can still enjoy them as a standalone project this was my biggest gripe with rogue one when we saw it and we saw the whole thing with darth maul and i who have not watched clone wars at the time said wait what you talking about solo? solo? Solo. 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 Sorry. Wrong. Yeah. yeah. No, you're fine. I just be clear. It was solo with the Darth Maul cameo. Thank you. Now I was talking Rogue One earlier. Freaking Freudian slip. No, this is a movie that if you have not watched WandaVision, you are not going to really get. And I cannot stand films that do this. I don't like movies that basically say, well, this is for the fans. It's like, I enjoy it because I saw the TV show, but. I know a lot of people who didn't watch it, who don't have Disney Plus or just haven't had time to sit and watch it or maybe watch it and don't remember all of the details. It really is annoying. I'm sorry to bicker with you guys, but I love the fan service. I really did. I love it when movies do stuff like that. I loved getting to see Black Bolt. I loved getting to see Captain can Carter. I, can I jump in on that point? Because I either you're misunderstanding or... you know, I. I don't think we're all, I don't think we all share the same opinion, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll speak for myself. It's not that I, I look, I look, I squeed and sprayed the seat in front of me when I saw John Krasinski as, as Mr. Fantastic. No, no qualms there. 
Um, I didn't realize that was Anson Mount as Black Bolt because his costume looks so goddamn goofy, and that's not how he looked in um, the Inhuman. It's like a superhero show. comic. Well, well, no, no, I, no. My point is, my, this is the same problem I ha that they used to have with until they changed it a little bit with Barry's costume on the Flash, which is this stuff looks okay in you know as a drawing, but when you try to make a real life costume out of it, because head shapes are different and then they don't match the drawing, things don't always look as good as they do in the comic, and it it takes a little extra work. The part of the reason why they didn't do the hood in the Inhumans was because it didn't look good on Anson Mount, and then they were like. But we should give him the hood because it's comic book accurate. Okay, try to find the space between comic book accuracy and looks like shit. Because that's where you want to live. But to your but point... They need to find to catch his brain. Well, to, to your point, Alexis... Yeah, I, I'm was, convinced they put the hood on him just because of how they wanted to kill him. Yeah, And we well, can't probably. actually have brain spray. I kind of what assumed we... it was sort of a, I'm with the Illuminati, this is the proper, like, business attire kind of a thing. What, I liked the John Krasinski thing just fine. Um, yeah. I like the uh, Captain Carter thing just fine. I was happy to see those two things. So it's not that I did. It's more. Did we lose him? And now we're going. You're breaking up. And and yeah, I, I just saw the screen like uh, think for a moment. It's not that we don't like the fan service. It's that they they gave you the fan service, and then it was like you're shamed for for having fan, for being a fan. Like you want Reed Richards, that's fine. We're gonna kill him instantaneously and give him nothing to do. You want you know Captain Carter, that's fine. She'll have a big fight scene, but then she'll die in a, like a gruesome way. It's like, what? Why did you do this then? Like, do you just hate the fans? That's the issue with it. Go ahead. Okay, admittedly not a fan of how quickly they killed off the characters or warped them. I believe is the terminology. I'm with Star okay. Trek fans. I assume you guys oh, no. got that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's fair. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I did. Ex I did get really excited about seeing Krasinski as Reed Richards, even though that was spoiled for me. God damn you, Twitter! And I really do hope we get to see him with the Fantastic Four movie that's coming out. I really hope that this was a tease or a taste, so to speak. But I really did enjoy that. I will also admit I was kind of hoping to see more of Mordo. I love cannot pronounce his name to save my life it's like chill about e4 or something like that something like that he is a brilliant brilliant actor he is mm -hmm. amazing in everything i've ever seen him in ellie was like one of the good actors in 2012 and true and I love the idea of him as Mordo, and I loved him in the first Doctor Strange movie. I especially like how they developed his character more, because in the comics, Mordo was simply, why does he get to be the Sorcerer Supreme? I want to be the Sorcerer Supreme. And I'm glad that they gave him more development. I was a little annoyed that we didn't get to see that, because I wanted more of the actor, and I wanted to see more of that character. But for the most part, yes, I enjoyed this. I love that we actually got a Sam Raimi horror style comic book movie because that is his strength. That is what the man excels at. It's not overtly too scary, I don't think, but there are some really great moments that are just dripping with his style. And I love that. This is the kind of movie that if I hear Sam Raimi's directing, I want to see this kind of stuff. I want Army of Darkness. I want Drag Me to Hell. I love that kind of stuff. And I love that they got to, he got to be himself with this. 
Hell, I'm a little disappointed, actually, we didn't get more of that out of Scott Derrickson in the first Doctor Strange movie since he gave us arguably the best Hellraiser direct-to-video sequel. So he knows his horror chops as well. But the first movie, they really didn't get to experiment with that kind of stuff. Like I said, really enjoyed it. But it does have serious flaws. I am not going to rank this in my top five best Marvel movies of all time. But I still liked it. Okay. You're allowed to like things like an eight-year-old boy. Um, you David. phrased that so badly. <laughs> no. Um, go ahead, David. Well, actually, I didn't see this movie because really I've only ever seen one movie, and that's Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane is objectively the perfect movie. So to watch anything other than Citizen Kane is to lower my standards to hogwash made for the unwashed masses. And, I <laughs> and I'm just too objectively observant for that. So, so because this movie was not perfect, it is obviously absolute garbage that should never, ever be consumed by anyone. Thank you. Okay, in, in all seriousness... <laughs> Now, look, I appreciate you stealing my gimmick, but if you're going to do that, I will just leave. I can't just leave. Well, I, I, did, I did already steal the summary, so I guess I'm on a roll here. No, sorry. Yeah, really? I feel, I feel like Alexis and I need to leave you two alone for a moment. <laughs> I think we need to leave them alone and give them pistols at 10 paces. I think there's been enough innuendo in, in this podcast for one episode, thanks. But, uh... Not even close. <laughs> wait, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Ooh, that's a bingo. Mark, you oh, were having you. way too much fun <laughs> with your sound clips tonight. If, if you're, you're going to use that clip, you do need to have the next part of it where Brad Pitt just deadpans. You just say bingo. <laughs> Please okay, so, so in all seriousness, yes, this is not a perfect film. It has its flaws. But I still enjoyed it more than I did not enjoy it. Mm -hmm. uh, I agree with Alexis that, yeah, the the you know, if, if you have not seen Wandavision, it's 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 quite the leap. They're they're throwing you in the deep end at the start of this thing, and uh, and I've always maintained that Marvel does a great job of making it so that you know, the continuity is there for those who who like it. But if you don't, you're you're still going to fall along, like you know. Mm -hmm. If Shield shows up, yeah. If you if you're a fan, you're like, oh wow, that Shield. If not, it's like, okay, it's the government guys. You know, it could have just as easily been the FBI or right, you know, Sector Seven, whatever the heck. My favorite example of that is that in Avengers Endgame, when Robert Redford and the guys from Shield show up to take the uh, the, the glow stick of destiny. I think, it was, yeah, that's what he calls it. Um, when my parents saw Endgame, my mother had not seen Winter Soldier. I don't know yeah. why. I don't know why she wouldn't see it, but she hadn't seen it. But she was still able to pick up bad guys. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, if you know who they are, it's great. If not, you can still get it. Yeah, yeah. whereas if you haven't seen WandaVision, it's like, when when did Wanda have kids? Say, what? Huh? Like, what, what happened? Uh, where's, you yeah, know, it's like, what happened with all that? What if it was Vision? Well, what happened to Vision? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 confusing there. But he's got, uh, palette, he's got a palette swap and he's off finding himself. Yeah, like maybe maybe Wanda's heel turn was a bit too quick, but I also kind of appreciate that they they, they just got on with it. Uh, I, I I did find it, her her like you know when I, when I when I do something like people fear me, but when you do it, you get you get applause. It's like well, 
He basically risked his own death for four years to save half of all life in the universe. You tortured a small town to the point where they were begging you to kill them because you were upset over, over your trauma dealing with your dead husband. Which, I mean, to be fair, that was a pretty horrible bit of trauma she went through. But still, it's like, uh, the, these two aren't exactly quite on the same level. Like, You know what I like about that, though? The, the fact that people draw false equivalencies yeah. pretty often. Well, I, deal, I deal with a lot of people in my personal and professional life who do think every, it's all relative. Everything is the same time. It's a flat circle. And it's like, no, the, two, two things that you're comparing so that you can win the argument are not always actually equal. Yeah, so the, only so problem, the brigade that's saying the SJWs are ruining Marvel movies, I submit to you, Wanda Maximoff in this movie. <laughs> Go ahead, Robert. The problem with the problem with that is not that she's drawing false equivalencies. That's fine. Like, you're right. People do that. It's that no one calls her on her bullshit. Mm -hmm. So by extension, the audience, like again, when she says all mothers make their children with magic, and no one on the his in the history of the world has ever thought that should be a good line right and yet she says it and there is no retort from ostensibly our hero it's just yeah. no you're right you have moral high ground here yeah it's like uh -oh. when it happens it says love is the only thing that can travel faster than light and interstellar and nobody says how did you get to be an astronaut yeah look all the scenes the these than things are written where 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 the female character draws a false equivalency and says something asinine and the male lead slaps her in the face with his dick but the but unfortunately every single time that gets cut out except in France France gets it all. Go ahead, David. Yeah, uh, yeah. But otherwise, like it didn't. The yeah, the, the cameos didn't bother me. I thought, oh, okay, you know, it's always nice to see Patrick Stewart back as Charles Xavier, and you know, I, I kind of have to applaud the guts for them going with the whole X Men '90s cartoon big ass hover chair, which kind of looked kind of funny because it, it, it goes so up on Patrick Stewart's torso that he's just kind of like this. <laughs> like, like he's a baby in a high chair. Yeah, it's like maybe, maybe you could have slimmed that part of the part of it down a little bit. It's, well, it's still you know, props to Danny Elfman for working oh, yeah. in that lay motif. I, I, again, I know we'll get to this when we uh, get to something else later, but Elfman really nailed the score in this movie. He really yeah, did. Yeah, that was totally good. I mean, doing they, Amazon plugs anymore. Yeah, oh, oh. That, that's okay. Yeah. But the music is that that was nice to get that little music sting in there. Yeah, uh, yeah like I I actually didn't I I knew Captain Carter was going to be one of the Illuminati. I didn't know about Mordo or the Captain Marvel. I was surprised to see Reed Richard. And even in even in the the theater, there was a bit like woo. Yeah, some wooing when he showed up. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And mm -hmm. it, it it didn't bother me that they weren't there for longer. They they were there to do what they needed to do. It was a fun little bit of fan service. Watching all the creative kills were. Great. I was I was scratching my head how Black Bolt's skull cap is apparently more powerful than Black Bolt, but uh, <laughs> because we because PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. But it was just for that this movie got away with a lot of gore for a PG thirteen film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, the, yeah. The Captain Carter scene that was kind of the whoa. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I was it's been bifurcated. Yeah, I, I was a little worried about. Uh, about the film because uh, they, they said this is going to be a straight up horror film and much like you Mark I'm a big weenie when it comes to horror movies but I also really like the first Doctor Strange mm -hmm. um, but what I, well, I think what I like about Doctor Strange is I think he might be becoming my favorite Marvel hero in the MCU just because he's he's a decent enough guy he has a bit of that dry wit and sort of like oh geez what am I in for now kind of aspect to him but mm -hmm. you know, he tries to do the right thing he tries to be a good person he doesn't always get it right and he's also very clever in how he approaches his problems. Mm -hmm. you know, like, like it's not always about I have the bigger spell casting level, so 
my blue lightning will get farther than your red lightning when we do the whole lightning bolts shooting straight at each other thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like we had we had a scene where they fought with musical notes and the that score changed to her effect. That was so really Beethoven yeah, versus Bach. That is honestly the yeah. best part of the movie. Yeah, and I was just sitting there thinking, like, man, Marvel really does never do anything different, do they? <laughs> no, that was that was that was right up there with the first Doctor Strange, where they did they they had an idea. They, you know, they didn't want to do blue laser in the sky or everyone throwing kamiyamiyas at each other, um, like they do in every other Marvel thing. So instead, they were like, "What if we, you know, like, well, we're doing magic. We have to have them fight some way." The music notes thing was actually pretty brilliant. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to I want to just point out here, Derpy Gaming says Doctor Strange and the Cash Grab of Madness. Thank you, sir. Yes, welcome to Thank capitalism. You. I hate to break this to you, but the entire film industry is a cash grab. There is one True. question that kept coming up, though. We know based on, um, oh my God, what Doctor uh, West? I think was the guy. That, mm-hmm. That's the name of the other doctor. Yeah, that like Nicodemus West or something like okay. that. Right. There is an interesting idea that it's now apparently known that Doctor Strange gave up the Time Stone. To mm-hmm. Thanos because he said that was the only way, mm-hmm. and I do actually like this this scene with Doctor West. Although you know, the whole I lost my two cats thing was <laughs> a little silly, but yeah, he's like my brothers died while I was dusted and I didn't get to say goodbye to them. And you realize that is there was probably thank you. <laughs> wow, the way to derail my thoughts. <laughs> No, we have seen stuff like that again through uh, WandaVision and others where someone is dusted, comes back, and in those five years, their lives have gone on without them, and many of them lost family members right. or their their spouses moved on, you know? And apparently it's knowledge that this is because Strange gave up the stone. And even though he says it's the only way, there's a lot of people saying, really? Was it really? Obviously, no one's going to believe he saw, you know, the ending. Well, Fourteen the impl- million. The implication what? is when Hulk brings brings everyone back. You know, this this is the line about Black Widow. I'm going to go right in, Dave. Unless you have anything else, I'm going to go right into my craft review from here. Um, just a couple of things. Here. Like, yeah, it, I I do kind of wish that they'd done a bit more with a character arc for Doctor Strange. Like, yes, mm-hmm. he ends up in a bit of a different place at the beginning, but I do kind of wish they'd get more into. But they, they focus a bit more on his regrets with I think it's Christine, where you mm-hmm. know he was away doing the hero thing. So he that's never some of the best stuff in the movie is his relationship. Yeah, and, and they do kind of keep it going throughout the film, and it never really derails the film. You're never mm-hmm. seeing like okay, they're doing the romance thing, time to go pee or whatever. It's it the, the film goes at a good clip. It's it's yeah. you're 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 never bored. Um, mm. but, but yeah, but, <laughs> but well, I was not bored during the film. There um, you go, buddy. Use your eye yeah. statements. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, I stand corrected. Uh, so, so I appreciate that. But yeah, like the whole him having to deal with his—I don't think you understand what average means. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude! <laughs> yeah. This is this is why nobody comments on our videos. Yeah. F- five out of ten is average. Oh. Bell curve. Seven point five C, and that's average. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. So Loki. So Captain America's yeah. Shield. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that would have been been a bit better, but yeah, overall, I thought again, I I think it's great that the solution to the final problem was let's give her what she wants. You know, it, it wasn't a big fight. It, it, yeah, it's I, I just appreciate that th- this is a smart person trying to do their best, and yeah, it would have been maybe a bit better to show a bit more of 
Doctor Strange dealing with the effects of him making that decision. All right. Um, I forgot the point that I was trying to piggyback off of Alexis with. <laughs> what did you guys think about the concept? No, 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 no. Wait, no, no, no. Stop. I, there was a specific thing I wanted to say, but that I also needed, I wanted to get my thoughts out. So hang on. Um, if anyone remembers what the hell I was about to say before I let David finish his thoughts, please jump in and tell me. I was talking uh, about Doctor Strange giving the time zone and the world kind of holding him responsible oh, for the blip. I, okay, yeah, the Hulk. Okay, so the Hulk brings everybody back and it kind of goes to the Black Widow thing of, hey, Black Widow just sacrificed herself to get the Soul Stone. Why don't we bring her back too? And they're all having the argument, you know, at the at the um, at the dock and they're, and Hawkeye, which always kind of struck me as an odd thing because Red Skull never says one way or the other what you can do or not do with her. But he, the implication is, they tell the Hulk, only bring back the people that Thanos snapped. Don't bring it back anyone else that died. Don't bring back Black Widow. And there's an argument ensuing over, well, why can't you? You have a magic glove. You can do anything with this thing. Why are we Why are we limiting ourselves? And, you know, the one thing I do like about Marvel is that occasionally they, they will touch on a, a pseudo-philosophical argument. And so it tracks for me that there would be some people out there going, and why couldn't you bring back my loved ones? And why couldn't you do more with this thing? Why are we only limiting ourselves with this infinite magic love that you all invented? It feels like it feels like you're picking and choosing and you're, you're purposely creating losers in this situation when you don't have to. It's, it's the other side of this argument for me is, you know, why did why did why did Thanos feel like he had to kill half the people in the universe? Why couldn't he just create infinite resources, that sort of thing? Because um, then you don't have a story. That's why. A couple of things I want to touch on. Uh, I don't want to repeat all the stuff that you, that David and Alexis said. Um, I saw the movie twice, and the first time, my I was disappointed with it because I don't feel like they did enough with the concept. You <clears throat> you went out of your way to title it the the, the multiverse of um, madness, madness, and then <clears throat> we show you. What, I don't give a shit about them falling, you know, Rick and Morty style, falling falling through different universes that you don't get to see or explore. It was you know, it was a special effect. It was a visual thing. You're, that doesn't qualify as doing something with the concept. You were hoping the, more for that episode of Family Guy where they could they travel yeah. purposely through the different multiverses. I, did you pick that up in the chat? Because I don't know if I said it there or somewhere else where I was like, Family Guy did this concept better. Um, I If you're going to... Here's the thing. I don't... And this might be just me, be me being too literal, but you called your movie The Multiverse of Madness. Words mean stuff. I don't see where... Doctor Strange was driven mad by. I, I think you know, or Wanda was the mad. Uh, yeah, that, that's the thing. And, I think and, somebody thought, "Hey, this sounds like H.P. Lovecraft. That means we're clever." But that's the thing, like using alliteration, but the alliteration is utterly meaningless and empty. Doesn't help your case. You, you know, the story that you know from WandaVision that Wanda <clears throat> has now been driven nuts by the Darkhold. And wants to, uh, you know, wants America Chavez's power so she can travel the multiverse and be with her children forever and protect them from all the evils of the universe. That's fine for a plot. I'm okay with all of that. Um, but then call your movie something fucking else. <laughs> call, call it something that reflects that story. You know, call it No More Mutants. I don't give a shit. But just call it, don't call it what you called it because you're alluding to something that you don't actually do in the movie. They went to one universe. One. And they don't do anything in that universe. It's two set pieces. They're in the street. They're in the Illuminati building, which was as interesting as, you know, watching paint dry. It's all one color. Went to two, if you count the fallen universe. I, I don't. Um, because the, sh showing, you know, showing up to Seattle on a gloomy day doesn't count for me either. You did nothing with this concept. Um, they didn't, you know, the horror elements are fine. You know, doing the stuff with the zombies 
all, you know, was, was fine with me, but I really feel like, you know, as much as I've joked about it, they don't do enough with the multiverse concept here. And they, and here's my other problem with that. They, so who broke the multiverse? Was it Dr. Strange in no way home? Was it Loki and Loki? Was it something else? I, they keep doing these different things like, Oh, now we're dealing with the multiverse, but then they don't, don't actually deal with it. They just sort of keep kind of dipping their toe in this and then pulling away from it just as quickly. And it really bugs me. The I, I don't want to go back over the fan service stuff again. It sucked. <laughs> I mean, it was like, here they are, and we're going to take them away from you again. And I understand like what, what you're supposed to do. It's not read Richard's movie. He'll get his movie. It'll be fine. But it does feel a little it does feel a little like we're doing this so that we can have it's like the daredevil thing in, in your way home like well there's matt murdoch now everyone take you know take your pants off and jerk it all right well we'll take him away now he'll do absolutely nothing okay i don't what why, is he just here so that people will, you know christian when we do our wrestling reviews goes it's all about the moments making fun of the wwe it's all about the moments yes the cacophony the the cavalcade of of moments that don't add up to anything and don't mean anything and if you're a seal yes you'll clap at the you'll clap at the moment and it'll be just as quickly out of your head again i'd like something with a little bit more heft heft and depth to it not just fish for the seals moving on um the second time i saw it once i got over all of that stuff it's just an average movie. It's Doctor Strange and uh, America Chavez, who I will get to in a second, running from hither and yon, hither and yon, running here and there. Ron Wanda's chasing him. That's the whole goddamn movie, which is fine. It's entertain, you know, like Alexis and David. I wasn't unentertained. I was bored at points. I think the by the first time around, the third act, I was checking my phone a lot. I was texting my wife to see what we were doing about dinner, um, <laughs> seeing what she wanted from Zaxby's. So I, I don't, which goes to the pacing of it. I, I don't mind so much that they establish Wanda at the beginning um, as the bad guy. Um, the first, I would say the first half, first third of the movie, I think is okay. But I think once we get to that middle section, they kept cutting back between the Illuminati stuff and Wanda stuff. And we go nowhere else in this movie. You guys realize that. Like this movie takes place in two settings. The America Chavez, Doctor Strange stuff, the Wanda stuff, there's nothing else to this movie. That's what makes it boring to me. That's a very specific editing and craft issue. We don't go anywhere else. We don't do anything else. We are two different perspectives, two different places in the film, and that's a bit flat. Speaking of flat, America Chavez, holy cow. I did the thing with my I, my, my daughter said... Uh, of wood. Hang on, let me get there. So uh, if you ever go back and watch the Phantom Menace Red Letter Media videos, he does a bit where he was like, explain to me the fa these Phantom Menace characters, but you can't talk about their job or their clothes. And they can't do it. You can, That's describe, <laughs> you can describe qui -Gon. I guess I think I've, I've seen this. I think he's the only one right, who of the... Close. That you can describe without right. utilizing uh, again, can, like you can't describe Padme shopping. without like she wears a lot of makeup. Um, so anyway, it's the same thing with America Chavez here. Uh, my daughter was like, I really like the character, and I was just like, Lily, did you like the character because she because she's an easy cosplay and she's a girl? And my son and my son actually called her out on it, and, and she, she had no comeback. <laughs> she was like, damn it. But that's the thing. Like, I was thinking of actually thinking about you, Alexis, and you know, your conventions and cosplaying and all of that. I looked at America Chavez and I had two thoughts. It was she's in this movie because they ran through a list of Marvel ethnics 
and they were like, which one's the easiest for people to cosplay and make, you know, and make merchandise out of? The one in the denim jacket. That's it. That's her character. Hispanic in a jacket. She has so whoever no... makes those pride enamel pins is about to make a fucking fortune. Yeah. There's nothing else about her character. She, I mean, she essentially, I, I described this to when, when we were teasing Lily about it. I was like, her character is girl in peril. That's it. We this set women in film back 50 fucking years, this character. Okay. <laughs> I love I agree. She was flat. I liked the scene where she sees her past memory with her mother's. Mm-hmm. I Not available that was... in China. What? Not available in China. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not available in mo- in the Middle East either. Um but yeah. no, that was a good scene. Now but I agree not- that a good scene does not a character make. No, yeah, no, and look, the, the, I'm not trashing the actress. The actress did the best with what she was given. She just wasn't given shit. She was given a denim jacket and told run. She's now, also. I do not- want to see. This she's also character- not a great actress. Fair enough. I want to not- see. Her- I don't want to see the character. Okay, for the record, again, speaking of actors I- whose names I can't pronounce, does anyone know how to pronounce this girl's name? Because I'm not oh. even giving it a shot. Um- yeah. <laughs> So look, that that's I'm gonna wrap this up so that Robert can have his say and we can move on to the next bit. I just there's too much wrong with this movie, but I could forgive that. You know, sometimes you just don't hit hit it out of the ballpark. Sometimes you you know you uh you hit it center field. I feel like so many of the problems with this movie though are indicative of the modern Marvel movie. Like this isn't just ah, this one they kind of goofed with. No, this is a problem they're having with all their Marvel movies. I'm going to go ahead and just take the words right out of Robert's mouth with my mouth. Um, There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Robert has often complained, like he likes to do, that they shit on their the the name in the marquee. They shit on it so that you'll so that you'll have negative feelings, too, and you'll like the new thing. They did this in Black Widow. They shit on uh, uh, what's her face, Scarlett Johansson, so that you'll be in love with Yelena. They shit on Hawkeye so that you'll be in love with Haley Stanfield. They shit on Loki so that you'll be in love with the blonde broad. Um, in here, they do it so that you'll come away going, "America Chavez is my new favorite character." I and it's disagree. Huh? Said so I disagree in the case of this film. Okay, give me your disagreement in 50 words or less. Go. Uh, one, she, she doesn't really take over for Doctor Strange. I mean, yes, she literally does start fighting at the end. Uh, that's Strange's strategy. But at the end of the film, she's just a student. <laughs> let Patrick into the chat. Hey, Pat. It's a free world, baby. Yeah. Freedom of speech. Just watch what you say. Yeah. Go uh, ahead, David. Yeah, like, I, I understand many of the examples you've given. I, I agree with, though. Mm-hmm. In, again, in the case of Black Widow, it was also contract. You know, Scarlett Johansson was up and probably asking for too much money. So, you know, we need to find the the new cheaper Black Widow, or just desperate for more professional fulfillment. Either way, if you're, yeah, anyway, if you're... Back, to the, back to the movie we're actually talking yeah. about, but. Uh, but yeah, like I, I never really felt that they were trying to set up America Chavez as a replacement for Doctor Strange. She was another okay, character. Then you're misunderstanding me. With Doctor you're, Strange, you're supposed to come away with a love for this character. I'm not necessarily saying that in Doctor Strange three, the focus is going to be on America Chavez. As no. okay, yeah, but you are. It was specifically designed so that you will come away with a love for this character and want to buy her denim jacket, and. Not, you know, and they're not really worried about making sure you still love Doctor Strange. It's almost as if like they're taking the lead characters for granted 
so that they can promote these new characters. And the second part of that, not to be that guy you know, on YouTube, but so much of what they're doing is agenda-driven. It's we got to get the ethnics out there. We got to get the minorities. We got to do this. We got to do that. And it's like, what you got to do is sell me a solid story. Not push an agenda, not push, you know, cer certain uh, characters because they reflect the, the the checklist that you have. Because I'm all for inclusion. I think if you've done enough podcasts and you know that I'm I'm perfectly fine with inclusion. But inclusion should come organically, not forced, and it shouldn't come at the cost of your lead characters that you bought the ticket to see do hero shit. Okay, well, so Dari asked this: What if she was a white girl with a mommy and a daddy? Would that have made the movie better? I no, believe no, I have this problem with Yelena, who is white and blonde. Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> like, I agree with you to an extent, Mark, on the grounds that I do want to see more of America Chavez, but that's because I'm a fan of her character in the comics. I I am not a... If I had never read... I'm not reading Pat's comments anymore. Nope, nope, you're, you're good. <laughs> I, I'm blocking that part of my screen. If I had never read a comic or knew anything about her character and i saw this i would not give a damn about mm -hmm. this character about futures i want to see more of her because she's a really interesting character in the books mm -hmm. and she was also a really interesting character in some of the animated series that they did and i think that there is a lot of potential with that mm -hmm. but we don't see that with this movie i no, I, I will give that to you guys so, sometimes you got to take the blinders off and remember you have to judge this as a movie, not as the whole <laughs> fandom. No, Damn you need you to take cats. you. You need to take that comment. Take it all, Alexis. Just take it all in. Big meaty men slapping meat. Yeah. This Speaking is why of you and I don't work together, Pat. The, <laughs> the irony, the supreme irony, of course, being that in a match like that, the guy who said he liked that got dropped on his head and has his neck broken. Speaking of breaking necks, you're a witness, now Robert. I've, now that I've depressed everyone about the state of Big E. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that comment's staying up the rest of the podcast. Do so, <laughs> uh, what I was about to ask earlier when Mark couldn't remember what he was going to say, and I was trying to find another way to move the conversation along. What did you guys think about this idea that our dreams are the parallel universes and we're looking into other universes? What did you Hang think on, about that? We're going to put that on hold. Robert, you, your actual craft review. And then before we move on, we will address dreams made of cheese. Go ahead. Uh, God bless Sam Raimi. He dragged <laughs> this story kicking and screaming into being a watchable film. Mm. This is a badly written movie. Here's the problem with the entire multiverse concept. It fundamentally invalidates 90% of your problems. Wanda wants her kid. So we take five minutes. We get it. We have Dr. Strange give his motivational speech at the beginning of the movie. America realizes all I have to do is believe in myself. And I find you a reality where your kids exist and Wanda doesn't. Yeah, and Rick and Morty are good. How does Rick and Morty have a better concept of how to do this and the repercussions than you do? Because they do. Uh, I have just as many problems with America Chavez being like, I'm the only one. No, this is not how infinite possibility works. Straight up. No, you, you are not one of one. Wait a minute. You, you can't expect unique. Hollywood writer. You can't expect Hollywood writers to know math. Nobody I knows feel like math. the idea that she hasn't come across some, any other copies of herself. So she thinks she's the only one, but no, no, no. you're she right. Is, she is, she, she is unique and special. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you're not unique. You're not special. If we live in, if the multiverse is real, literally nothing you do will ever matter, ever. Apart from the fact that you will theoretically live forever. Yes. Moving on. If you're not familiar with that concept, the concept is if you get to a point where your heart will stop beating, then there's one reality where it stops, another reality where in that one second it keeps beating. Next mm -hmm. second we repeat this process, and because each second there is in theory you uh, a reality where your heart keeps beating you will continue to live forever mathematically speaking moving on neil degrasse tyson point being no you're not special you're not unique if you haven't found another one fine but you should be smart enough to know that if you travel the multiverse this is literally infinite ergo there's an infinite number of realities with you and an equally infinite number of realities without and if you just have if in the 70 you've come across you haven't found yourself fine but say that. Don't say I'm only. I'm the only one. I'm me. Like no, you demonstrably know this is not true, given the very nature of your reality and powers. They wrote Doctor Strange a bit like an idiot. Mm -hmm. He blindly trusts someone he shouldn't trust. He stamp. He stumbles away, giving off information. He mopes around. He doesn't mope like the way you would think. Of, you know, not in the not in the most un un unenjoyably mopey way he does a fair bit of moping i'd much rather they actually explored the concept that they touch on here where you know are you happy mm -hmm. i think there was something there to this character and they just kind of glossed over it and I, I think that was a mistake uh again there's if you deal with the multiverse and the ability to travel the multiverse which we have then you have no problem. Again, you find a reality where Wanda had kids and is now dead and the kids are still alive. This exists out there because infinite. Infinite. But no, we can't do that because we can't have our intelligent characters acting intelligently in the face of the infinite because there would be no problems, there would be no film, there would never be anything. So the solution to this is simply don't introduce the multiverse, you idiots. <laughs> I, the acting in this movie is good. Uh, sure. Cumberbatch and Olsen both do a very good job with the material they're given. Olsen knocks it out of the park. I think this is her best. Again, her writing is not the best, but no. I think she gives her best uh, version of the, of the Scarlet Witch that they asked for for this. Sam Raimi was allowed to let her be a bit unhinged, and it worked. <clears throat> Uh, and she played it very well. Like I said, uh, the acting is, apart from America Chavez, the acting is not a problem in this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, the visuals are great. This is a gorgeous thing to look at. This should be. This should tell you what a bunch of computer-generated artists are able to put together if there's a bunch of them working on the same thing. So that's a definite positive. There's Go see it in 3D. Enjoy it. There's moments when you get Sam Raimi's flair to this, and they are the best things about this movie. Mm -hmm. The other problem I had, one of the big problems I had with this, again, apart from the logical inconsistency, which drives me nuts, but I accept that I'm me. <sighs> How do I say this? Dang it, I lost my train of thought. I'll, I'll, I'll find it again. Oh, that's it, tonal. This movie is tonally very dissonant. You could see which parts of this film are reshot. Yeah. You can see which parts of this film are written by the screenwriter 
and which parts were Raimi, I assume, heavily rewriting. You can tell when these actors are having fun and when they're getting into their performances and when what they're doing is working. Like, there's that great line when right before Doctor Strange possesses the zombie Strange, like, who said they have to be alive? And he's got this <laughs> maniacal, like, Dr. Frankenstein look, and it's great. And then you can tell when it's like, hey, come back in for reshoots because we need this bad humor. Hey, I did a thing with Spider-Man. You, does he have the powers of a, is he more spider or more man? More man, but he has the powers of a spider. You, he shoots web out of his butt. Wow. <laughs> you feel good about that? <laughs> I, I, as much as that line was stupid, I did love the whole, no, well, Maybe because they never didn't actually know. Sorry, that that part made me chuckle. The Cumberbatch's delivery of that makes that work. Uh, but look, that line—if you want to make that joke—the better version of that is when he's talking with Wanda and says, "Well, I can choose between a bunch of insect-themed superheroes." <laughs> can I? Can I go ahead and say that this is yet another pattern with Marvel that you have? You're given two, two and a half hours to tell you a story. And there's all kinds of things you could be doing to further the story along. But Marvel likes to just do stupid comedy. This was my complaint with Endgame, where we don't get the Hulk doing anything heroic. What we have is the Hulk arguing with kids over whether or not they should take a picture with Ant-Man and then dabbing. And I screamed about it at the time. And this is reminiscent of that, where did we, you know, the scene is needed so that you can get america chavez to dump exposition about what she's doing in this universe and for also to start to build a relationship with dr strange and wong we didn't need the stupid comedy that was a waste of time on film that could be better spent doing other stuff and it uh, makes me like and when thor love and thunder come up i'm gonna probably have to repeat myself there again dude, i already yelled about that in ragnarok i'm gonna yell more about it when it comes to love and thunder yeah which which, to, uh, by the way, to the movies, to this movie's credit, they didn't. They no. yes, that that stuff is stupid, but they didn't actually do the. We must undercut every yeah, serious yeah. moment with this with stupid comedy. I actually was thinking about that because I was like, oh, Robert should at least enjoy that aspect of it. They didn't shit on their own movie by constantly sho shoving in unnecessary humor because God forbid we have a serious moment. There's a lot of poignancy in this movie that isn't undercut by dumb comedy. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, Sam Raimi is just too good a film director to fall for that particular trap. Mm -hmm. uh, I like the horror elements that Sam Raimi got in here. You know, the chase through the tunnel uh, when he's attacked by the uh, ghosts of the damned. Uh, there's a. I lost patience with Wanda very quickly, not in a logical sense, but more in a, oh, God, you're such bullshit. <laughs> like, there's no. There's no tension when you fight her. Mm -hmm. Like you can't win. And this is a flaw. This is a look. And to be clear and fair, this is a comic issue as well with Wanda. Like this is not me saying that the movie's ruined a perfectly fine character. This has always been a problem. She's been stupidly overpowered for essentially her entire existence, and it's always been a problem. And it's a real problem here. Hey, you're trapped in the mirror dimension, but somehow use reflections to just easily get out i don't under i mean when she crawls out of the mirror and does the like japanese horror backwards body thing like that it's a great visual but yeah there yeah i the the dissonance between what sam raimi's sam raimi's vision of this movie and 
the other stuff that is shoehorned in because this is what the Marvel formula is is very very obvious. It's not quite you know uh, Tom Holland having different hairstyles in different takes, <laughs> or which is a thing, or Ben Affleck going from in shape with a little bit of gray at the temples and happy to be on the movie. Wait, wait, wait can to... I do one? Uh, what's it, what's her face from the fa- from Fan Four Stick having uh, a wig in one the, scene? The wig, yeah, Kate yeah. Mara. <laughs> <laughs> and Miles Teller suddenly going from stubble, no stubble, stubble, yes. no stubble. In the same scene. Exactly. I hate Miles Teller so much. Uh, we know. Too old, too old to die young. Go on. Oh, I'm, hey, Whiplash was a good movie. That's a J.K. Simmons carry job. That's all that is. Uh, I'll yell about that when we do when we do Top Gun. I, I, it's more appropriate there. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Have but, fun with that. Yeah, that tonal Whiplash and the it's not quite, you know, Ben Affleck going from in shape, little gray, clean shaven, happy to be there, to 20 pounds heavier, no gray at the temples, and looking like he wants to die. How about we just say it isn't computer-generated mustache removal? That too. But All right, uh, we got it. <laughs> not the, It's not the... So, it's not the most egregious example, but it is also very, very evident. Don't do that to me, Pat. <laughs> Just don't do that to me. <laughs> Robert, start to wrap. Uh, I, again, I kind of enjoyed this movie in spite of itself, and I think that's entirely down to Raimi. Hey, I'm going to need you to say that for Ronnie Adams. What? I need you to say that you like the movie in spite of itself for Ronnie Adams. I need him to know that. That at 109, you said you liked the movie. Uh, I don't like it. Oh, for fuck's sake. I had an enjoyable <laughs> viewing experience, which is not the mm-hmm. same thing. And okay. again, I give that I give that credit entirely to Sam Raimi. God bless him for dragging this terrible story into a watchable film. To anyone who does enjoy this, I understand why. There are things here to enjoy. And... I don't fault anyone for enjoying it, but I there's too many there's too many issues with this for me to call it a to say I really liked the film. I don't think I did. I'm probably not going to watch it again. Uh, this doesn't hold a tremendous amount of rewatch value. I think I might be wrong about that, but that's my hunch. Depends on whether or not Krasansky gets announced as Reed Richards, and whether or not you want to rewatch it for that glorious few moments that we did have perfect casting. Fair. Yeah, that, that that will affect things. That absolutely will. Uh, yeah, this feels more like an advertisement for other offshoots that they want to do. I, I think I have I think my biggest gripe with this, and we've all touched on it now. This has nothing to do with the first Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, right down to the fact that they set up Baron Mordo as the Wizard Killer, and then we never went, we never go back to it, and we might not be going back to it again if him and Clear are in another dimension, presumably. I think this was another Dimensions Mordo, so there's still the Earth 616 Mordo around. Going around killing there. wizards. In, well, I mean, in theory, but he's not here. Like, that that tension and setup yeah. from the first movie, that should pay off, or at least be referenced, that, in your second a, but movie. But that's the stupid thing about Marvel movies right now. It's like, okay, so in the fir- what happened in the first movie? Like, they, like they're watching it, and they're, they're writing notes like, oh, there's a conflict with Baron Mordo and Doctor Strange. Okay, well, we'll build on that conflict, but it's a different Mordo. Eh, doesn't matter. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I find that to be just a giant flaw in the film. And again, you guys also mentioned, like, there's a bunch of stuff that if you haven't seen, 
you will be totally lost in this movie, just mm -hmm. completely lost. And that's a giant flaw. Uh, oh, <laughs> I already yelled about that point, and I'm not going to repeat myself here when it comes to mm -hmm. that. Uh, Mark, when Mark and I reviewed Doctor, the first Doctor Strange, we had a lengthy bit of time when we actively dissected the whole, it's just an Iron Man remake. Uh, yep. Go back and listen to our Doctor Strange review. Anything else, Robert? Because if not, we got to move on to the money. Uh, last thing, I think. The Doctor, the battle between Doctor Strange is fighting with music, we all mentioned. That's brilliant. Yes. That's genuinely the best thing in this movie. By far. That might be That might be the best fight scene in Marvel since the fight on Titan with Thanos. Like mm -hmm. that's how good that was. It's great. It's enjoyable. It's different. It's easy to follow. Uh, we mentioned Danny Elfman. Yeah. Danny Elfman's awesome. Uh, the the score for this is perfect when it's discordant and trying to be horror, when it's more upbeat, like everything, everything he did here works very, very well. Uh, yeah, it's, Ultimately, it's a profoundly flawed movie. I, with, again, I don't think too much rewatch value, but the stylistic proclivities of Sam Raimi. Here's the here's the last thing I'm going to say. There's a much better version of this movie to be had, and we'll never see it. But know that it exists. Like All there's right. an there's an R-rated version of this that is just Sam Raimi, and it is glorious. And I wish it existed. He had to cut a lot out. There's all this talk about, are we going to get the director's cut on DVD? I I, like I would pay for an unrated director's cut that was just Raimi's vision of this movie. I absolutely would. I would watch the porn version of this. Listen, the real question on everyone's That's mind is... That's true of everything about you, Mark. That's true. You have seen the porn version of Jurassic Park. is fan-fucking-tastic. Listen, Alexis asked a question an hour and a half ago uh, about the idea of dreams are your window into an alternate dimension you. David, you want to take a... I don't give a shit about it. Um, I'm sure Robert doesn't either. David, you want to take a swing at that? Uh, it worked good for what they used it for in the film, establishing that Wanda could hop between herself in different dimensions and whatnot. The the bit at the end where Evil Strange said, sort of gives the big reveal that he's Evil Strange. He goes, you know that dream you have where you're falling from a building? That's probably me. That's a good line. <laughs> like, that, that's such a great line, and he delivers it so well. Like Again, this is one of those things, but if you rewatch this film, you can tell when Sam Raimi is directing Benedict Cumberbatch, and you can tell when it's like the second unit doing reshoots. Like Everything about his performance, Sam Raimi gets what he needs out of him in the best way possible. Like he's able, and he does that with everyone here. Like he lets Wanda be unhinged and Elizabeth Olsen rises to the challenge. He lets Dr. Strange be just a little bit more maniacal, little bit, again, just a little bit more conniving uh, and just a little bit more soulful. And Benedict Cumberbatch rises to the occasion. Like there's so much that, I mean, has anyone serious question? Has there ever been a bad story about Sam Raimi as a director? Like, has anyone ever complained about working with that man? Yeah, Sony. Sony for Spider-Man Three. I know executives. <laughs> I mean, actors. Nope, no, I don't think so. Okay, um, you fought to get that into the conversation two and three times, Alexis. Fifty words or less. Any particular reason why it resonated with you? And you wanted to I talk just about it? It was an interesting idea. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I 
admit that I actually have studied dream interpretation uh, as mm -hmm. a hobby on the side. And that's a theory I've heard floated around before. And I thought it was kind of an interesting concept. All right. I think it also goes back a little to what one of the directors for Moon Knight said, which got him the worst backlash in the world, when he suggested that the, uh, Mark Spector's alter egos were his alternate universe, multi multiverse counterparts colliding in, to which the mental health awareness community issued a gigantic middle finger. Uh, rightly well, so. As well, you're saying well, that, I'm like cringing. Well, I mean, one part... No, that's not at all how dissociative identity disorder works at mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. Two, it's a stupid Marvel show on Disney Plus. If you take its portrayal of mental health seriously, you're the one with the problem. And with that said, here comes the money. We're in the money. We're in the money. Well, this movie is doing gangbusters. It has a budget of two hundred million. Uh, you know, two hundred. We might as well just call it. It has a Marvel budget because they're all two hundred million now. Um, and even when other movies are not Marvel and they get two hundred million dollars, we just call it a Marvel budget. So it has a Marvel budget of two hundred well, million dollars. So, so what are we going to call the Avatar budget when it comes out that that thing costs like Sweden? <laughs> um, it's currently its current box office worldwide is four hundred seventy nine point one million dollars. I think this banked in one weekend what the entire run of Godzilla versus Kong was. This is wildly successful. Not quite No Way Home just yet. Uh, it'll end up being more successful than the Batman. I think it's like the like the 11th most successful movie domestically or some shit like that of, of all time or something. It, it's breaking all kinds of records. Certainly since the great, since the pandemic and the great reset, it is, um, hang on. You can't see Robert's poor face anymore. Uh, I'm coming, Robert, I'm coming. As much as I don't want to take big meaty men slapping meat down, there we go. There you are. Hello, pretty boy. Um, as the uh, <laughs> well done. Uh, it's 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 just wildly successful since the the Great Reset and uh, the pandemic. And it you know I, I we talked you and I talked like may, maybe it makes a billion, maybe it doesn't. I think at this point it's projected to unless it has a I... major fall off. And here's what I'm going to tell you. It has another, it has another weekend of pretty much unabated. Uh, un, you know, there's no competition. The only, it's only competition is Firestarter, and that's day and date on Peacock. The following weekend, the only thing I have on my calendar is a Disney Plus movie, The Chippendale. I don't think the, I don't think the twentieth is anything of, of note. I think it's a lot of streaming stuff. So that's that's two weeks now of no competition, and then Top Gun and Bob's Burgers comes out the twenty seventh. Um, so maybe, but one of those um, will beat it. by the time we get well, to that many weeks out, have you heard, uh, have you, have you started hearing the analysis on Top Gun that it's, um, it's screenings, first of all, like the, I, the box office, uh, podcast that I listen to that gets into the nuts and bolts of the, uh, the finances is saying that Top Gun is actually resonating with middle-aged men and their sons and that it's looking to do gangbusters money because of it. It's also like, like wildly well done. So at this point, Doctor Strange has two weeks to make all of its money before Top Gun ends up unseating it. Uh, in any case, I'm still going with my with my bet of it's going to at least cross the billion dollar mark. Might not much do more than that, but I, it's definitely there. Again, I I don't think it does. All right, we'll see. I, it's I it's mean, not worth arguing about for a fifth time. Well, no, no. I, again, like my point here is just the following. Mm -hmm. I think it's going. I mean, it's already 
on burgeoning on financially successful. Its budget is going to be more than 200 million. You factor in reshoots and delays, but mm-hmm. that's that's kind of a, a a moot point because it's going to be successful enough to be profitable. Mm-hmm. But I just I think billion dollar pictures are going to be a lot rarer the lately. Okay. And yes, rarer, but that doesn't mean they don't happen. And I think that's one of those. Hang on. I'm almost to the point where I seriously question the viability of the billion dollar picture post given the, given the current landscape of film with the limited, with the more limited theatrical window, which hurts. Mm -hmm. And also with, I look, I said this about the Batman. I don't know how much rewatch value there is here. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that might be a problem for Doctor Strange. I don't think it's going to fall off as badly as the Batman did for a number of reasons, not the least right. of which is runtime. Here, here, but again, I think rewatchability definitely factors into um, how, how you know whether or not a movie gets to be a billion dollars. That's true, but also um, weekends that where there's no competition, it it has a straight run until the twenty seventh. It's got time. So, and I and here's the thing. There are people, there might not be a high rewatchability with Doctor Strange, but I think if someone wants to go to the movies and their choices are the new Firestarter, which they can watch on Peacock or Doctor no Strange, one has Peacock. they're going to probably watch Doctor Strange. And then the following weekend, there's nothing. So if people want to go to the movies, well, what's in the movies right now? Doctor Strange. Okay. So, okay. Well, then let's do the math real fast, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Sure. We're at 400 million, right? Yep. Okay. Let's say a 50% drop. Yep. So next week would be 200 million. That gets us to 600 total. Mm-hmm. Let's say another 40% drop after that. Mm-hmm. So now we're at 700 and change, eight. Okay. So I'm not on. saying, again, I'm not saying it's not going to be successful. Yeah. I am saying I don't know that a billion is all that realistic. Well, I don't guess it, got... we also have the new Thor movie coming out in July and that's going to make bank. And I hate to say it as soon as that comes out, everyone's going to forget about Dr. Strange. Well, okay. This has a month and a half to make a billion. Well, it has a month and a half because in 45 days, it goes goes on uh, Disney plus. Let's remember, let's remember what we're, we're dealing with here. The 45 day window is Robert indicated. And this is probably of all the arguments you're making about this, maybe not hitting a billion. It's the 45 day window. That's the, that's the real key here because there's a lot of people that do the calculus of if I only have to wait a month and a half to watch it on Disney Plus, I'm not going in the fucking theater. You know, there's still st- not that I want to get into this debate, but there's still people walking around in masks. Like, you know, the possibility of getting an unnamed uh, virus from an unknown origin is still very real to a lot of people. And real enough, like I was talking to somebody yesterday and I was like, hey, you want to go to the movies? She's like, I'm not comfortable going to the movies just yet. It's 20 fucking 22. You know, this, this people are still not comfortable with this. People are still wearing masks. So that's still out there. And that definitely depresses potential uh, box office. That being said, the weekend looked like this. Doctor Strange won the weekend. No shit, Sherlock. Um, uh, the bad guys dropped from one to two. Uh, oh, hang, the- hang on. Last thing on that when it comes to Doctor Strange. Yeah. If it's fall next week is 60%. Mm. I think that would put it mathematically as almost impossible. I don't disagree. The bad guys fell from one to two. Sonic, I think, is now being heralded as the um, the, the most successful video game movie adaptation of all time. Lowest um, in the world. 
Uh, no, it had to, it had to clear the hurdle of the first Sonic movie, which was a true. significantly better hurdle. Um, it, that fell from two to three. Fantastic Beast three to four. Everything Oof. everywhere all at once, which we'll be reviewing at the beginning of June, along with After Gang, uh, is that number five. Apparently, Pat made a joke before about um, about this being a superior version of the same movie, but I think in all seriousness, everything everywhere all at once is getting rave reviews, and it's one of those. Yeah little engine that could from a small studio like a24 home of zola and uh let's, what was the other one wolf yeah uh, no la lamb lamb yeah a24 my new favorite uh, movie studio um the northman uh fell from four to six the lost city which is currently pvod uh stayed at number seven the unbearable weight of massive talent is hang on let me let me do my thing Unbearable weight of massive talent, don't you understand? Like, delete it? No, oh, no, wait, hang on. Here we go. Here it is. <laughs> um, that fell from six to eight. Uh, that had a fifty-nine percent drop off from uh, whenever the hell it came out. The same weekend no, from, as the Northman. No, it had a 59% drop from last weekend. Last weekend, yeah, yeah, yeah. Memory, 8 to 9. Father Stew, 9 to 10. And then rounding out the top 20, we have Morbius, The Duke, Ambulance, Petite Maman, The Batman, currently on HBO Max, Uncharted, Ikomo SL, and then debuting is happening at 18, Vortex at 19, and then Dog jumped up two spots, oddly enough, from 22 to 20. Also debuting this week, we're remembering heaven in front of your face. Uh, Lux Eterna and Diva and the Conversation, which is a 2022 re-release. Uh, worldwide, here's where we stand on our heads. The Batman didn't make a billion dollars, but it did peter out at somewhere in the 700 millions. It's the number one movie in the world. Uh, Watergate Bridge, the uh, sequel to the propaganda film from China, is currently at number two. Doctor Strange debuts on the worldwide charts at uh, number three with 479 million. And then underneath that is Uncharted, then Fantastic Beasts, and Sonic, then Too Cool to Kill, then Night View, The Lost City, and Morbius, my son's favorite movie of this year so far. Uh, so that is the worldwide box office. The calendar, as I said before, uh, like I said, this week, the only thing of value, value, is Firestarter in wide release. Um, the 20th, the, the what men, have you heard about this movie? Have you seen I, the trailer it's been advertised it? like crazy on YouTube? I, okay. I saw the trailer for this ahead of the Northmen. Oh, Downton Abbey. That's the, that's the, that's the big one on, on the 20th. Oh, so that's going to unseat Dr. Strange. Yeah. That's going to, that's definitely going to unseat Dr. Strange. I don't know how much it cuts into the audience, but I mean, it'll be the number one movie of its weekend. And then the 27th is Bob's Burgers and Top Gun. June 3rd, uh, there's a couple of wide releases here, but nothing that anyone's going to go see. Uh, the big one's going to be June 10th with uh, Jurassic World Dominion, which is probably going to end up owning the summer the way it looks. It's going to have at least two weeks. Yeah, at least. So um, anything else on the money, Robert, before we move on? Uh, again, I'm... I just think that living with the current in the current state of the market for movies, mm -hmm. uh, I don't think we're ever going to see ever might be a bit strong. Well, but if you're talking but, about the, the, the year of like one hundred and six billion dollar movies, 2019, 
Probably no, that's dead. I would just change look, man. Hang on, I go back between 17 and 18. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even think we're gonna see that again. I just, I don't think that's way that's the way d- the distribution model is set up anymore. Mm-hmm. For one, yeah, and frankly, I don't think it's as necessary anymore. Like, there was a time when that was the pr- when box office returns were a giant indicator of what you were able to achieve financially. In mm-hmm. fact, it was the bulk of it. That's not the case anymore. A lot of these things are trying to drive streaming subscriptions as much as anything else. So mm-hmm. if Doctor Strange peters out at the $700 million mark, give or take, that's fine. That's en- more than enough to be profitable. And the fact that it didn't hit a billion isn't the end of the world because, hey, we're also getting all of this annual revenue for our streaming service. It's very true. All right, let's move on to that. like the- Avatar, which is going to live and die by whatever it does at the box office. You know what, though? I don't... Whatever, well, that and whatever they can get. All right. If you're goading me into a conversation about Avatar to drag this out a little bit longer and drive David and Alexis crazy, here's what I'll tell you about Avatar, because I've been thinking about this. Um, I don't know if it... I, I, I'm now in the camp of it doesn't make a billion dollars. It's not going to be nearly as successful as the first one. Nothing will ever be that successful again. Um, however, I don't even think it's going to be like moderately successful, but I don't know if Disney cares at this point. The idea is to get people to go to the theme park to ride the Avatar ride. Is that a Disney thing? It yeah. is. I wrote on, wrote on that when I went to Disney World in August and nearly threw up. Yeah, they, they have an, an entire Avatar world at Animal Kingdom. So here's the thing, right? Um, they put the movie out, it does what it does, and then it ends up on Disney Plus and people watch it at home and go, oh, I like this Avatar thing. Those blue aliens are pretty cool. Hey, did you know that there's an Avatar world at Animal Kingdom in Florida? I didn't know that. We should go there. And if that happens and enough people do that... Disney will, it, it's a worthwhile endeavor to do these Avatar movies. Well, again, it's, it's about... Lo- I would say waiting in line and looking at all the sets that they had constructed at, at the Animal Kingdom was more memorable than a single moment of that movie. Yes, we all know that movie sucks. The only the only question about that, and this is the only question as far as that goes, is how will James Cameron's ego tolerate that thing's box office return being less I than a million dollars? I hope him and Scorsese and Roland Emmerich and Steven Soderbergh all do a podcast yelling about marvel that's what i want i want them to do i want them i want here is roland emmerich here is steven soderbergh here is james cameron here is old man scorsese you right there alexis you scorsese um (laughs) you know cameron also complained about uh, aquaman he did this big thing about it's like that's not the way they would move underwater and now he's trying to make this movie all about what happens underwater and your giant special effects demo this time is not going to do what you think it's going to do that's one of my favorite tiktoks that we ever did was our was our like screaming about roland emmerich screaming about marvel movies by the way i watched that i'll go back and re-watch some of the tiktoks that i've clipped out of this and i watch that one pretty frequently but yeah i i want i want those four guys to do a podcast on stream you are just yelling about the shitty marvel movies i would watch that in a loop and speaking of loops Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 All right, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of uh, Madness. Uh, the critics went, it's fine. And uh, the audience said, we liked it. So we're good. Plugs? No. Um, 
<laughs> Critics consensus. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness labors under the weight of the sprawling MCU. Ugh. But Sam Raimi's distinctive direction casts an entertaining spell. This line, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness labors under the weight of the sprawling MCU. I feel like they've trotted that out with the last couple of Marvel movies. Like, they, like, like critics are just having a real difficult time. The problem that is this, this still is, exists. The problem is this is the first time it's actually been true. Like maybe, it, but uh, when they say it with every movie, it's still hard I know, to take like, seriously. Like, hang on, like I'm not, I'm not defending it when they say that about something like the Eternals. Mm-hmm. You know, no, that that struggled under the weight of a terrible, terrible script and so many other problems. Horribly cast or, or horribly mishired director. Horribly mishired. Leave hey. Chloe Zhao alone, you fucking bullies! Hey. Jesus Christ! I, I didn't say she's a bad director. I said she was mishired. Okay. I'm not Jeff. I'm not the one who talks about <laughs> wanting to see her get hit by a car. I, I and another suffered, thing about Captain Marvel being flat chested. I suffered through that movie. <laughs> I get to say she was the wrong person to direct it. Sad piano. The movie uh, was perfectly fine and, 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 and a worthy uh, audition hu- for a Marvel movie. Like, need to remind you her. that Ang Lee is an amazing director, but he was misca- or mishired when he directed Hulk. You can ha- be a great director and st- be wrong for a project. I think they need to give us a Chloe Zhao more projects. I'm hoping they hired her. Movie. They hired her to try and add a degree of prestige. Marvel loves doing this, by the way. Yeah, I know. They love hiring directors who are interesting. And They're unique. not the only ones. Disney was doing this with Lucasfilm for a while too, except everyone quit. True. Yeah, people stopped wanting to work with Kathleen Kennedy. Can't imagine yes. why. Here, yeah. here it's, hey, you're an interesting director, Edgar Wright. You have an interesting and distinctive film, film telling style. Why don't you come make a movie for us? And he says, great, I'll do it this way. And they go, no. <laughs> You'll do it our way. And Sam Raimi shows up. He's like, hey, I want to make a movie like this. And they go, no. And because <laughs> Raimi's a professional, he went, fine, I will acquiesce. I will not quit. And my style will be the only thing saving you. Can you imagine this movie made by a substandard director? Like, pick any generic guy working. Yes, in Hollywood. it would have been Black Widow. Yeah, that's how <laughs> bad this story is. But you know what? Thank she brought up. Sam she brought Raimi. up Jeff. She brought up Jeff's crew. Do you know? Like, there's people among Jeff's cohort that think Black Widow is the bomb diggity. Just think it's the best Marvel movie ever. I'm there. Look, there's seven billion people on the planet. I'm sure there's a bunch of idiots. <laughs> Take that take that with you to the next podcast. <laughs> Speaking of which, Richard Brody of New Yorker, top critic. Oh, the New Yorker. Oh, the vaunted New Yorker. Doctor Strange of the Multiverse of Madness eliminates the playful idi- idiosyncrasy in the interest of formula of Marvel's self-perpetuating business. The new film isn't merely branded entertainment. It's branding as entertainment. No. Oh, love of Christ. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, buddy. Hold on. You want to know how I know that you're that you're 20 years old? You know how I know <laughs> that you're 20? Anyone over the age of 30 grew up in the era when branding was entertainment. I watched a lot of Transformers, a lot of He-Man, a lot of Saturday morning cartoons like that that existed solely to sell product. This is not that. All right, Benjamin Hargwindy of Escribiendo Cine. One of the most ridiculous things to come out of the cinematic Marvel universe. Go fuck yourself, buddy. Jesus Christ. No. I hope I that can't was say, it's like, I hate to say it, but in the in different circumstances, that would be a compliment. 
it's just kind of a weird thing to say. It's like ridi- mm. ridiculous is not a pure insult yeah. anymore. Yeah. Uh, Claudia Pugue of Film Week at KPCC NPR Los Angeles. Ooh, NPR. Are you Can impressed, Robert? Can we stop funding NPR, please? I, d- I don't appreciate my tax dollars going to this. Shut up, you Republican. You conservative. You, 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 you. Top critic. <laughs> it's it's one of the lesser Marvel movies, both overly complicated and dull. There's uh, a gal who doesn't like her right. job. Okay, see? Are, are you comfortable with your tax dollars going to support this? <laughs> <laughs> She's technically half right, but it's not... You ever Look, wonder? It's like when they when people put their stuff put their reviews out here. It's like why are cer- those certain sentences picked? Yeah, like this is this movie has has pacing issues. That doesn't make it dull. Those are two different things. Having a down segment in a movie doesn't mean the film is dull. This movie is brimming with style again when they actually let Sam Raimi be Sam Raimi and it wasn't Kevin Feige going. I'm a creative type. I demand validation despite being the most successful producer in the world. It also wasn't overly complicated. No, Matrix it was not. Uh, Resurrections was overly complicated. This was incredibly straightforward with a bunch of very, very Again, stupid if, explanations. If two elementary school students could follow it, it wasn't overly complicated. But I have a thought here, and I think I might want to retire Damn You Hollywood as we're currently doing it and just make it the Alexis Haina, Alexis Haina show. Because I'm, I'm looking at this next one, okay? And it, it's Jesse Gender. Jesse Gender YouTube channel. And I'm wondering, how did Jesse Gender get on Rotten Tomatoes? And we're still struggling to do this. And I go through this every week, this sort of existential crisis of how the fuck do these no name, not having an actual opinion, asshole YouTube people get on here and this asshole YouTube person can't get on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm just as big an asshole. Why can't I be on Rotten Tomatoes? And then I read what she has to say. No, no, God damn it. You let me talk for once. (laughs) Why does this person get to be on Rotten Tomatoes saying bullshit like this? While the film may not live up to the multiverse madness of its title, Doctor Strange 2 manages to be something wholly unique in the MCU. A film that stands out with its own unique directorial style that hopefully signals a new direction for Marvel. Listen, you asshole. What the fuck, man? (laughs) Mark, you're turning redder than your background. I'm mad as hell. And I'm just going to take it anymore. anymore. And you know what? Fuck it, Alexis. Tell everyone how you like the movie. <laughs> Go ahead. Just just give it a giant blowjob. I want to get on Rotten Tomatoes, and that's how you do it. You got to blow the movie. <laughs> Mark, please take me off the full screen. No problem. I'm going to move on now. <laughs> get, rest- get some water, man. You're turning fucking purple, okay? For you the- are seriously tur- you are turning purple, okay? For the record, no, this is not a wholly unique film entry into the MCU, oh, we're still, not we're at still all. talking about this? Look, you're, you're complaining about your general standing in the critical community does not necessarily equate to me saying, no, your review is terrible. This is you going, I want to be successful, but I don't want to play the game on YouTube the way the game on YouTube has to be played. So, wah. 
I've never even heard of this. I mean, I follow a lot of YouTube movie reviewers. No, I have no, never heard of this person. This, this happens. That's why I'm making a big deal about this. This Every is a person with at least person. hold on. This is a, this is a person with at least thirty thousand YouTube subscribers. Okay, hang, hang on, on, hang on. I will hang on. Okay, I got my phone here. Let me. Okay, I'm fine. gonna. I will look this uh, this person up. Okay, hang well, on. you do right. that. I'll read another one of these, and then we can continue to rip this person apart. Um, Matthew Bond of the Mail on Sunday. I felt uninvolved after 15 minutes and dangerously close to board as we ran into the second hour. Okay. Jesse Gender well, has 137,000 subscribers, over 500 videos, and hosts a show called Finding Nuance in the Nerdy. Yeah, one of her most recent videos was the sexualization of transgender bodies, which came out 11 days ago and has 52,000 views. She's done videos on NFT scamming art into the digital age, breaking down Star Trek Discovery's latest season. It's terrible. Oh, 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 oh no know. wonder. That, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. That explains it. Uh, Jesse Gender is trans. Moving on. Uh, again, 100,000 YouTube. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this, the last episode of Damn You Hollywood. <laughs> I'm Look. sorry. I was waiting for you guys to go after the hook because you. I'm sorry. It's like suddenly something. No, no, she's she, no, no. She's she's brave and strong, and I'm not going to attack her. And all women make their babies with magic. Correct. Look again. This is just how many subscribers do you have? How many views right. do you get? That's it. Well, now See, that we're part of American Whammy, hopefully we'll get there. Let's move on. Uh, but uh, that, 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 okay, uh, hang on. Uh, no, no, I, I need to yell at that one guy in just a sec. For, oh, okay. Okay, Sir, you ahead. were bored. Again, you were bored. I mean, I appreciate your personal experience, but that doesn't actually help with your review of the film. Speaking of which, Felipe Freitas of Always Good Movies. Always. Always. There is only the mess without the fun, and we are bored. We. What? <laughs> we. We. speaking for us more, man? The royal <laughs> We. Go ahead, David. You were about to yell about something. I said, I wasn't bored. Am I part of we? I, it, I, clearly. Apparently not. This person like does when, not speak for me. It's like when, when Chris Bailey was arguing with fucking, um, with, uh, everyone. Whitney, shut up. With Whitney Seibold. And Whitney Seibold, but, but I'm people. Hey, um, for, for, for if you're watching on Facebook, I'm going to go ahead and, or Twitch. Uh, yeah, to the one person currently watching on Twitch, I'm going to go ahead and cut the stream. Life is like a game show will be up next on the, uh, American Whammy up. Facebook page. Um, so for the next scintillating episode. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You, I want you. You wanted me to. You're throw good. It to you're you, good. You're good. You're good. You sure? Yeah. That's it. I, okay. Just stay tuned for the next scintillating episode of Life is Like a Game Show. Yes. Up next on the American Whammy Network is Life is Like a Game Show. So stay tuned for their stream. I'm going to go ahead and now cut the stream from uh, the American Whammy Facebook page, uh, and. The, uh, Da, 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 da. I'm also going to cut it from YouTube. No, just Twitch. You that you still wanted to use YouTube? No, I'm sorry. Not well. I meant actually, what I was doing was Twitter. Um, yeah. And yes, and to, to you people watching on Twitch, uh, you can find the rest of the video when it goes up in a little bit, or you can watch us on YouTube. But either way, we thank uh, you we for are, watching. We thank you for watching. We are now cut, cutting off on Twitch. Bye, everyone. Ah, that was the wrong one. Um, da, 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 da. remove. There we go. Helps if I hit the right button. It does. It does. So, all right. So, Loki, yes. All right, moving on. Uh, Candace McMillan of Seattle Refined. It's refined, Robert. I need to be heading out here, too, guys. Okay. David, do you want to plug anything real quick? Uh, no, no plugs. You know everything that I'm doing for the next month. 
Yep. All right. We'll see you. We'll see you. I'll see you on the both Downton Abbey reviews. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Yep. Uh, yes. Moving on. Uh, Candace McMillan, Seattle Refined. Nothing this, refined about Seattle. This Doctor Strange sequel, possibly the next great Halloween cult classic, will get many unintended laughs and eye rolls. The whiplash from the chaotic journey will have many hesitant for another strange saga anytime soon in this Halloween universe or another. Classic. Okay, this, this is some person who just desperately attaches everything that is even loosely horror related to the, to the holiday of Halloween inappropriately in this case. I shudder what this person is going to do when Werewolf by Night comes out. How? <laughs> they won't they won't review it. Yeah. Ed Whitfield of the Tray. The Tray Robert Winfrey. Once rampant, the movie cannot be tamed. Says the Tray. Again, why was that line picked? That's a terrible sentence. Yeah. yeah. Like you need to put something, you need to put an action in front of rampant. Rampant is a descriptor of a specific action. A movie is not rampant, it is running rampant. Again, just a failure of basic English. Armand White, who hates movies and anything that gets in his way of the National Review, says Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is too jumbled and over anxious for a coherent amusement. Hard to believe that Marvel is still churning out this garbage <laughs> so long after Man of Steel, of all things, rooted its characters to humane instinct throughout time. Yeah, I appreciate the I appreciate the spirit of the argument here. Mm -hmm. I, I actually really do. Unfortunately, you picked the wrong movie to try and make that point in when it comes to this. That's a it's, it's the one he remembers liking last. Well, no, no, no. I, I don't mean Man of Steel. I mean this movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Like, if you um, want to make if you want to make the argument about good. No, sorry, I gotta duck out for a second. I just heard a crash upstairs and my Labrador is nowhere to be found. All right. I will Best be right back. Now, this is the wrong movie to try and say that it's not grounded in humanity. Like the yeah. fundamental tension here is Doctor Strange trying to say it's not worth killing a child to get what you want. There's not a whole lot more grounded in the humane than that. All right. Hannah Strong of Little White Lie says, while Raimi injects as much soul into the sequel as a Marvel blueprint will allow, it's True. difficult to see the film as anything other than a cog in a bigger machine. You're it's not just... wrong. Well, on the one hand, you're not wrong. On the other, you're also viewing this through an entirely too jaded lens. Look, I'm, yeah. as, big a, I'm as big a critic of the MCU machinery as anyone at this point. But that doesn't mean that everything that comes out of it is something to be damned because it comes out of it. And yeah. I, I, I think that's a wrong way to approach this. Sexy Jesse Harris, Jeffrey Harris of 401 Mania with his sexy picture. Despite an overly cluttered script, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness shines with great direction by Sam Raimi, whose style is a nice change of pace from the recent MCU installments. And once again, Jeff is Jeff is uh, 100%. Yep, he's uh, batting, a, batting a thousand. Um. Samuel R. Murian of Parade Magazine, that vaunted periodical. That's still a thing. All right. Oz the Great and Powerful had more personality. Oh, get bent. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Wow. How uh, dare I suffered through James Franco <laughs> and Mila Kunis in that movie, sir. How I will not have you mock my suffering like this. No. Yes. Yes, no. Yes, yes. <laughs> Brad Keep of Columbus Alive. I'm so here for the weird is not a helpful review. That's not helpful anything. <laughs> like, that's not just an unhelpful movie review. That's an unhelpful anything. What did Nick I miss? 
Someone uh, from Columbus being here for the weird. Yeah, that was his whole thing. I'm here for the weird. Which is, you know, which is what I say when I go to the diner at midnight, but it's not a movie review. Um, even then, they just ask you to leave. <laughs> after I get my disco fries. Dick Hastead of the Arts Desk. This is the superhero film disappearing down the rabbit hole. Pop cinema eating itself. No. You're so desperate to be pretentious. Yeah. Like Very. that's all is that reeks of your own desperation. Very much. No, like I'm not saying that pop cinema isn't eating itself. It is. This is not the movie you want to make that argument about. All right. Uh, we're almost done here. Kurt Loder of Creator. Shang Chi was it was endemic of that. My, that was my son's favorite Marvel movie since Phase Four. And I, I rest my case. <laughs> yep, Kurt Loder of Creator Syndicate, a bit of a fizzle. Kurt Loder still alive? Yep, <laughs> and I read his stuff constantly for that reason. Uh, much to Mark's consternation, yes, All it right. continues to exist. The future ex Mister Alexis Haina, Doug Walker says of <laughs> Channel Awesome, this makes me excited for MCU movies again, and I can see Russia from my house. Be careful with your sloganeering there, Doug Walker. <laughs> so I will say this. Like I said, I watch a lot of YouTube reviewers. Doug Walker is one of them. I think it's abundantly clear that the ones who really, really, really liked this movie and gave this movie super positive reviews like that are major Sam Raimi fans. And I think that they attach themselves more to his directing style than to the movie as a whole. All right, last one here. Oh, wait, Lane. We, have an, we have another review oh, from our vaunted tax dollars. Oh, <laughs> okay. That, okay, but I have a few more here I got to review. I got to read All your right. life, too. Um, Bob Mundello of NPR, top critic. Cumberbatch brings a lot more intensity than you'd think possible to moving his fingers and introduce digital sparks fly. Yeah, huh. again, I am not comfortable with you being financed by any money that <laughs> I give to the federal government. Again, okay. why was that line picked? Yeah. Anthony Lane of The New Yorker, top critic. As for story points, I saw nothing that answers to that description. All we get is a grab bag of oddments. No. Oddments? I've never heard that word, oddments. Oddities, but not oddments. You're confusing this with Avatar, sir. There is a story here, contrary to what your ADD-riddled brain was able to follow. All right. And uh, the future ex-Mrs. Robert Winfrey, Tonya Tonya Lamb of Lola Lamb Chops. Hola, lamb chops. There is some beauty Joyce, in the sad, strange little man. And you have <laughs> why? Because, because when I when I think of happiness, when I think of contentedness, when I think of goals for life, is that is that Robert Winfrey and Lola Lamb Chops go live together in harmony and happiness together? Because you think that this person and I together would result in harmony and happiness. I mean, a man can dream. There is some beauty in the carnage of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but ultimately they did wander dirty. No, no, no. Somebody has never read a comic book in their life. Wait, no, no, she has not. Um, But hang on, there's more to this review from your wife. It's a trippy ride, like being in the freaky fun house, except when you find your way out, you realize it wasn't that fun. Now go. Okay, no, they did. Why do you think they did Wanda dirty? Huh? What What do you think was admirable about Wanda as a character coming out of WandaVision? What do you think was her, her was her trajectory going to be? Huh? Huh? I tortured a town for weeks. 
and refused to accept accountability only to be reinforced by the worst characters in the world telling me that I did the right, that I did the noble thing by stopping torturing people. And no one would ever understand what I gave up. Now I've massacred at least one reality, destroyed the Sorcerer's Guild, uh, tortured any number of them, tortured my traumatized children that I ostensibly love, dragged their mother through hell, murdered another universe's version of the Avengers, destabilizing everything. But no, they did her dirty. Just no. 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 Yeah, get How back is in it this when game. Mark goes on a tangent, he turns purple. When you go on a tangent, you don't change a shade of color. Because he... Mark cares when he goes on a tangent. I, I also have high blood pressure. Yes. Um, and, I'll, and I'll thank you not to laugh, madam. Um, Linda Cook of Arquad City. Do, you do. Uh, you have hit tomato once or twice tonight. I'm just warning <laughs> you. <laughs> Fine, Linda Cook, Arquad City. Maybe that's what that's what we need to get on Rotten Tomatoes. Maybe to become an actual tomato, like just trans. You know, <laughs> look at look, look at my cosplay. <laughs> Hi, I'm I'm Mark Tomato. Uh, Arquad Cities, WHBT, HBF TV, Illinois. This is for you, Alexis. For real, this is this is the Tickbird which you coined on this show. Tickbird review. It's just not as strange as the first one. That's not a tick bird review because tick bird reviews are trying to come up with something more positive in hopes of getting on the DVD box. That is a pretentious dick who likes her writing too much. (laughs) That's someone desperately trying to get away from the Quad Cities area, and I don't blame them. All right. uh, This last one here is the future ex-Mrs. Mr. Alexis Haina, Dan Merle. I have no idea who that is. He's one of the screen junkie guys. Oh. Yeah. Like the screen junkie guys after the one sex pervert got kicked off. Uh, so as Dan opposed Mer- to the other sex pervert who stuck around. <laughs> yeah, right. right. This is, as opposed to the other sex perverts who just haven't been caught yet. Um, so Dan Merle of Dan Merle Review Sex Perverts. Uh, de- despite some great parts, it's what I was afraid No Way Home would be. A middle piece in the MCU packed with meaningless cameos. And stuff with story threads that don't really service the film. I don't really disagree with him. There. Yeah, I'll say he's not wrong. Yeah, yeah that's not really wrong. I, I may not agree with his total conclusion, but he's at least arriving there honestly. Yep. Um, another one of Alexis's husbands, Jeremy Johns of jeremyjohns.com. How many times do you think I'm getting married? I don't know, as many times as it takes. Uh <laughs> <laughs> You know who I loved in this movie? Elizabeth Olsen. Fucking blame you for that, Alexis Hanna. That's got to be your fault. What are you doing to these people? I blame. <laughs> no, I blame Jeremy Johns for being himself. <laughs> yeah. For I like Jeremy, Jeremy Johns. I follow his videos. <sighs> it's a terrible review. Mark, take <laughs> me off the full screen now. No, we want to tell us more stuff that you like, Alexis. <laughs> I like not being on full screen. Okie dokie then. (laughs) Well, folks, this uncomfortable podcast has been brought to you by American Whammy. And that is our review of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Next week, uh, Robert and I, and I think it's just Robert and I next week, will be reviewing Firestarter. One of the very few Stephen King books I haven't read. The following week, Robert's taking the night off, but my wife and David Wright will be on, um, and we'll be talking Downton Abbey 2, The New Era, 
and then we close out the month of May. Robert and I oh, do. I'm with... so t- you and your wife and David Wright are just going to be talking about British porn. I hope. Um, speaking of British porn, my Family Guy reference aside, <laughs> <laughs> almost. Almost. No, no, <laughs> I, I was, no, no. I was thinking more of the first one. Like, should we, should we have relations? No, I think not. Oh, very good. That was the second clip. I've seen that episode way really? too many I, times. I must have transposed them in my head. Fair enough. And moving on. Um, so myself and Robert Winfrey will be reviewing everywhere, everything everywhere, all at once, and after Yang, which I believe everything everywhere all at once goes PVOD on May seventeenth. Um, yesterday, let's hope, of, let's hope so, or that's going to be a very awkward review. Yeah, we're gonna have to quick do something else. Um, so yesterday, Evan Bevins and I hung out and we reviewed the first Firestarter starring Drew Barrymore from 1984. Uh, tomorrow on the American Whammy Network, uh, Jesse Starch is dro- dropping in unspoken issues for the Anarchy storyline, and then in the evening time, folks, let me just say this I'm gonna look directly at the camera. I've done a lot of podcasts over the years, um, some say too many. And uh, that someone is my wife. But I want to tell you this. Of all the podcasts that I've done, and, and I've done a lot with Robert that I'm very proud of and I, and I think people should watch. And I've done, done a lot of really, really funny ones with Jesse and Robert that to this day still make me laugh. And, I've, and, Je- and Alexis has been uh, a great contributor to the Rattlers and Broadcasting Network. And she's brought a lot of knowledge of animation. And we've had some fun talks. But the thing I'm most proud of, the thing that I, if I'd never do another podcast again in my life, the, the, the high achievement that I have, uh, that I've gotten to with the Rattle with the uh, formerly the Rattle and Broadcasting Network is getting Jesse Starcher to do the BSM quiz live on a Metal Hammer of Doom extra. This is the high water. It's not getting any better than this, folks. This is the high water mark of my podcasting history, illustrious as it was. Spending forty minutes getting Jesse to tell me how much of a submissive brat he is, and getting <laughs> and getting percentage confirmation of said things. I can't wait. To do this with you people. I'm going to make you everyone do this at some point. Everyone's can, taking this BDSM quiz. You know what? How about I save you time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing you're not a submissive brat. You seem more like a rope bunny to me, but go on. Oh, do, you, do you actually want the breakdown? <laughs> do you have your well? I was doing a bit. Did you actually do the quiz once? Just yes or no? I don't need your quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Robert, <laughs> on another podcast at another time, yes, you can tell us about your kinks. I'm dying to Mark, hear Mark, you have opened one hell of a Pandora's box. I, I Listen, I'm willing to open that box, just not as I'm trying to do plugs. Anyway, we did a Metal Hammer of Doom uh, for Fozzie's uh, Sane. Metal, Metal Hammer of Doom extra for Fozzie's Sane. And we spent 40 of it just having Jesse take this BDSM quiz. I've never laughed so hard in my life. The actual review you, for the album will be tomorrow night. Ro- you scared poor Robert Cooper almost off the show. <laughs> <laughs> he took the quiz the next day. Did I tell you that? Like he, I'm not, I'm he not sent surprised. me. A, he sent me a message. He was like, <laughs> I like ding, and I look at it, and then he sends me another one. It's just like, yep, nothing I didn't already know there. I'm like, all right, Robert, way to be in touch with yourself. So uh, tune in next week when we make Alexis Haina take the uh, BDSM <laughs> quiz live on DFU Hollywood. <laughs> and I want uh, and I want Andre to be in the room when this happens, just that off so camera. So <laughs> he doesn't have to be on camera, but I kind of want him to be just present. <laughs> as, as Alexis just goes down, down, down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Anywho, speaking of going down, I um, know I'm a submissive dude. <laughs> 
moving on. Um, and then on Thursday, myself and Evan Bevins again will be getting together and we will be reviewing Moon Knight season one. And uh, this Saturday, we have a re airing of our Money Monster review. That was fun when we did that years ago. God, did we tear that movie apart? And then uh, we've got. I believe, I believe I said, you know, there's at least two episodes of various procedural cop shows that do this same thing better. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Robert's got an Everyone Loves a Bad Guy re-air, this one for animal villains in film and television. So that's all my plugs. Uh, Alexis Hanna, go ahead and do your plugs. All right. First and foremost, uh, since you haven't completely scared Jesse off of the network yet, he and I will be <laughs> recording Tripped Up Trivia, uh, not this coming Saturday, but the next. Uh, the theme, of course, since it is May is Sci-Fi Month. We do every May is Sci-Fi from May the 4th be with you. Uh, I think we are still looking for some contestants. So if you're interested, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Let us know. And I want to the plugs that actually do pay my bills, because despite how many times he puts me on the full screen, Mr. Mark Radulich has not actually paid me for this. God damn you, Mark! <laughs> want to keep talking about how I don't pay you? Please. Mark doesn't pay us, people. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not doing any more plugs until you take me off the full screen. Hang on. I want to see what else I can do to you. Um, <laughs> Quit playing around with the effects when we're in the middle of a show, Mark. Come on. Well, tell her to stop bringing up the fact that I don't pay anybody with the with the operation that doesn't make any money. You going to behave? You going to be good? You going to be good? You're going to make this into a TikTok, aren't you? I might. That's going to be the next punishment. You going to be good? <laughs> tell me you're going to be good. For the, record, you do. for the record, Mark's BDM <laughs> for the record, Mark's BDSM personality quiz indicated he was high for on the brat tamer segment. <laughs> Just throw uh, it hang out on, there. I hacked I have the percentages. Give me a second. Oh, for uh, God's <laughs> sake. Uh I won't tell you what the top what the, the bunch of the top ones were, but yes, I am eighty eight percent brat tamer. Well Behave now that yourself. I'm pinker than my Freaking hair! Behave ah, yourself, Alexis. No <laughs> you're not even close to as red as Mark is right now. You're fine. And for the record, Mark, I've got high blood pressure too. Okay, <laughs> genetic. Mm. No, seriously, I've lost a lot of family members to strokes. Okay. Uh, so yes, honeysuckle rose creations were. Wait, fashion. wait. Uh, I'm sorry. Feed me that line one more time. Lost a about, lot of family your... members to strokes. Yeah, that's not in bad taste. <laughs> I'm glad you're pleased with yourself, Mark. That, legit that legitimately might be the least tasteful thing you've ever done and I know you can't hear me so I can get away with saying that <laughs> that's the third time you've gone full heirloom tomato on this mark <laughs> just call him Kathy Bates he has fried green tomatoes some days so you sell jewelry I understand yes <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you fucking broke me, you son of a bitch! Hang on! Oh 
you God. Set, you set you up for a return to normalcy, and it just didn't, <laughs> it just didn't quite land. Ah, yes. <laughs> I can't talk. Robert Winfrey, what's going on in the world of MMA? Oh uh, let me see if I can remember how to do this. Honeysuckle Rose Creations, where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek and chic. Uh, oh, Alexis, good. You have been paying attention. Thank you. Alexis has an Instagram that she's trying to repopulate for Honeysuckle Rose Creations. You can find her at Handmade on Amazon, Etsy, Under Duress on Twitter, and I think there's one other store I'm missing there. Uh, Etsy, yeah, those are our two stores. Uh, we will be at Fan Expo St. Louis this weekend. Uh, it's the first show we've done in St. Louis in a while. Looking forward to going back. Always have fun there. Uh, the week after that, we are going to be doing a small appearance in Kansas City at the Reroll Tavern. Uh, I don't know how well... Robert, you're a and d guy, right? Yeah, yeah. You ever gone to any of these... Uh, basically uh geek taverns it's a place where you can play uh dungeons and dragons and have a beer i hate people entirely too much to do that but i know they exist okay well we are going to be with reroll tavern in kansas city missouri for their intergalactic art fair as they're calling it uh looking forward to working with these guys they've been a very big presence here in kansas city and we're very excited to be working with them and after that it is the celebrated return to NakaCon. this is one of the biggest anime conventions in the midwest it is in overland park kansas we did this a couple of years ago we had to step back from it for a little bit we are back in we cannot wait we're gonna have fun then after that, we will be at the Smallville Comic-Con this June. That's in Hutchison, Kansas. Didn't know if you guys actually knew that Hutchison does claim itself to be the official Smallville from DC Comics. So we're going to have luck. a very fun uh, Superman-themed show. After that, we are going to be uh, doing the Greater Austin Comic-Con. And directly after that, I'm staying in Texas and working Comic Palooza in Houston. Very that cool. is a very big show. I am looking forward to that. I need to find something to do in Houston. I don't know anyone in Houston. Is that, do, Are any of our listeners from Houston, please let me know what to do, okay? I'm not saying this is an insult. I have never been to Houston. I don't have family or friends who live in Houston. I genuinely want to know what to do in your town because I'm going to go there and be there for like a week before the show starts. So please, I really am asking for tips, for travel tips here. And yes, we have uh, our stores on Etsy and Handmade at Amazon, uh, both of which we'll, we will be doing a 15% off sale at the end of the month for Memorial Day. For every sale that is made, we will be donating $5 to the Veterans Community Project. Uh, we are also uh, uploading a bunch of new products there. We're restocking our Monopoly and Clue bracelets. We know that those are always really popular. I just ordered a very large shipment in of Clue, Clue tokens in. And we have a bunch of brand new stuff coming in celebrating Fantastic Four and Five Nights at Freddy's uh, Security Breach. All right. Take me home, baby doll. All right. I cover professional wrestling a few nights a week over in the wrestling zone of 411mania.com. AEW's Dark Elevation on Monday, MLW stuff on Thursday, and WWE SmackDown on Friday. So be on the lookout for that if you are so inclined. If you're interested in mixed martial arts, I cover MMA action for 411 Mania in the MMA zone of 411mania.com. Last week, UFC 274, featuring quite possibly the worst title fight of all time. 
I heard it stunk on ice. The commentary team spent two rounds, which is 10 minutes plus the minute or so in between rounds, actively debating if this was the worst title fight of all time. And no one could bother to correct them because there was nothing happening. <laughs> they, were, they weren't actually ignoring the fight in favor of this uh, in favor of this tangent. They had to vamp for that entire fight because nothing happened. It's really funny. They threw a combined total of 68 strikes over 25 minutes. Not landed, threw. Oh my god. What were they doing? Like a Houston Alexander were just chasing each other around the cage playing pinch and giggle? It was it was less entertaining than Houston Alexander. Like this is one of the worst fights you'll ever see. You almost have to watch it because it's almost grotesque. <laughs> okay. Uh, thankfully, the fight that immediately followed that, the main event between Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje, was three minutes of glorious action. Those two, in about three minutes, landed like two less blows than Esparza and Rose Namajunas did in twenty-five minutes. <laughs> So thank you to Gaethje and Oliveira for saving that card. Uh, brutal knockout on that as well. Uh, Michael Chandler just front kicked Tony Ferguson into orbit. Uh, <laughs> dude, I've never, I mean, literally, like he kicked him under the chin and he did a flare flop in real time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was scary. Like he almost landed on the top of his head as he collapsed down. Like mm -hmm. it was, it was bad, man. He was unconscious for like two minutes. Wow. Really bad. Jeez. Uh, so my full report for UFC 275 is in the MMA Zone of 411 Mania. This week, I will be covering UFC on ESPN 36, headlined by Jan Blahovich and Alexander Rakic. So I'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, if you're interested in my thoughts on MMA in a more detailed uh, setting, I host the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast Sunday evenings. So if you're, wherever you're listening to this, whatever your podcast platform of choice happens to be, punch that in. You can find me over there. Talking MMA, talking technique, news of the week, a little bit of the business side of things as whatever happens to come up. So, again, if that interests you, please do give it a listen. We thank you all very, very much for your support of this particular show. Be that live or after the fact. We love you guys. Thank you so, so much. Wouldn't be here without you. All right. Um, yeah, I'm going to be cutting that last bit and just going to be like Mark Bratt Thames, Alexis Haina. Um, that's going up on TikTok. <laughs> I fucking hate you, Mark. I know you do. Mwah. Um, and with that said, if you ever get the chance, next time you have to really kick him. I didn't kick him, I punched him. No, no, yeah. no. I know, but next time you have to really kick him. Right in the face. All right. I for can the do it. For one of the many brats that I've collected, Alexis Haina, for, for, for Robert Winfrey, who's 100% rope bunny. Sorry, 99% rope bunny, 1%. Uh, you know, your guesses are more amusing <laughs> than my answers will be. So I'm just going to let you keep trying. I'm going to let you Robert, keep guessing. Robert Winfrey, who is 99% rope bunny and 1% rigor. Um, maybe, no, and actually, tr tr looking at this, for Robert Winfrey, who is 99% uh, degrader, 1% uh, sadist. Again, your guesses are more amusing than the answers. Pretty sure um, we're all one percent sadists just for agreeing to be on this network. Entirely possible. You're definitely you're definitely all more than fifty percent brat. And with that said, be well, be safe, and behave.